Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Many people are often surprised to hear that Jurassic Park was not the cinematic personality and childhood sculpting monolith that it was to many of my peers, that being dinosaur nerds that grew up in the 90s. Indeed, I have come to be very fond of this film, and how can you not be? It's a classic. I cannot praise it any better than the millions of fans and critics that have come before me. It was then and is now a stellar monster movie about man's hubris and the illusion of control. However, like Jaws before it, the executives that produce movies like this greatly overvalued the creatures in the subsequent films rather than focusing on things more difficult to make into toys, like character development and plot. Thus, the series has limped along as monetarily successful, but never again attempting any kind of artistry. They've already got your money. Does it matter if the movie is any good after that? Now, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh on the topic of today's discussion. Jurassic World 3, Revenge of the Fallen Nerd Dominion, or whatever. Maybe it was driving an hour through country roads to a flea market only to find that I'd forgotten my wallet at home, only to return home and find that my new and very isolated apartment had raw sewage backing up into my kitchen sink. Seeing this film alone in an empty theater only an hour later on a Sunday in upstate New York just felt like... One more indignity at that point. To believe that they are not all somehow connected hints at a chaos that governs life that is scarier than anything in this movie. Thus, Joe risked COVID and I risked dysentery to watch and discuss this movie, hot off our conversation last week with star of the show, Hilary McLean. Allow me to recap. We open with news footage of our world overrun with dinosaurs. We pick up with Claire and Owen, dressed and living like they live in a promotional video for a conservative primary election. A dinosaur poacher kidnaps their adoptive daughter, who is the clone child of the mad scientist doctor from American Horror Story. As we are told, because the actors cannot communicate anything otherwise, this upsets what passes for our heroes. What's more, Blue the Velociraptor's offspring has also been stolen. Owen and Claire race to a Jabba the Hutt's palace version of North Africa to save them, but instead battle dinosaur smugglers that stall them long enough for the kids to be taken to an advanced research facility in the Italian Alps, with this movie's version of Tim Cook woodenly plotting sketchy genetic experiments under the guise of providing a refuge for the dinosaurs that we're supposed to have an environmentalist sympathy for even though they are human creations costing the world its treasure and sanity. We are joined there by the lead characters from the original movie who are investigating huge locusts that threaten the world and they rightfully suspect Tim Cook and his Monsanto-esque ways. The conspiracy is easily discovered and after a series of very boring dinosaur chases, the two casts escape together with proof of the corruption as well as Dr. Wu in his research that will stop the giant grasshoppers from destroying the world's crops. 
every actor is clearly bored. There is no plot twist or reveal, and I have $9 less than I had before. 14 if you count the soft pretzel I got at the theater that was heated up in a microwave by a teenager with more passion than anyone in this movie. And also there was a Giganotosaurus. If that seems like it was tacked on, it's because it was. It was indeed like the Joker, that being Jared Leto's Joker, where it was in the marketing, but not actually in the movie. Joe, I, I, I don't know if, if we can do this alone. I don't think so. The Uncanny County Museum calls for help. Joe, light the beacon. <laughs> who's that? Who's that coming? It is uh, us. It's, it is three. It's, oh my it's gosh. help. Oh my God, it's it's three figures. Three figures coming to our aid to talk uh, we, about this. We are this. three wise men. Whoa. <laughs> Biblical. All right, all right. Oh my gosh. I, I, have, um, I have some, uh, I have a, some washi tape as my gift. Uh-huh. I have a bottle of Jack as my gift. Oh, <laughs> you're going to need it. <laughs> Needed, yes. Yes. And I have an optimistic attitude. <laughs> all three together is a good time. It is. Oh, a good my time. gosh. Absolutely. Wow, oh, my three, gosh. Wow. The three wise men for Zanny and Joseph. That does that track? <laughs> yeah. Good, good enough. Sure. <laughs> who's, enough. The, who's the little Jesus? Oh, my gosh. And, and our, and our bait. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who the bait, who the our baby is, is in Jesus. this. <laughs> the uncanny county museum is our child it's true, um yeah. and you have and you have come to uh to to provide your gifts would our esteemed guests like to introduce themselves we've got some uh some returning heroes and uh and a new uh person that is joining uh this discussion review uh who wants to go first I guess I'll go first. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, Mr. Comics, please. Hi, I'm Andy, um, also known notorious online as uh, Dinosaur Comics. I uh, guess what I do? I draw dinosaur comics. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's my intro. That's my intro. Wow. I guess I'll go next. <laughs> I am Christian Flores at Crack Eats Christian. I am a wildlife educator, psychomer, and conservationist. I was on a previous episode of the Uncanny County Museum mm-hmm. with uh, not as astonishing audio quality, but I'm here for my redemption arc. Um, <laughs> I talk animals and talk uh, extinct species on our planet, interpretation as well as understanding their behavior, ecology, and what we can do to make sure that species of today do not meet the same fate of species of the past. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You, I didn't know you talked to animals. <laughs> it's a hidden you know talent. That? <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, you like summons his inner steve Irwin, and how, how it comes mm. i was thinking more like mm. wild thorn oh, oh, oh gosh that's right <laughs> galiza smashing <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> smashing oh hi guys my name is charles my uh tag on social media is at the paint paddock i am a graduate student um i'm just about to roll up into a phd and i study oh, cool. conservation genetics of our ocean uh, and on top of that, I'm also a scientific illustrator, and I also happen to specialize in dinosaurs. So that's why I am here. Three professionals, Charles, Christian, and Andy, here to mm. help us talk Jurassic World's Dominion. Mm. Uh, oof. Uh, <laughs> Joe, I... You almost didn't see this movie. I almost and didn't. Yeah. I, and we were going to try to 
do this as us explaining it to you. Mm. But then you, by by against all odds, you ended up seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you understand that there is no way that we could have possibly fully uh, recapped this for you if you if you had not seen it. It would have been impossible. I'm I'm fully in that camp now, believing that mm-hmm. having. One having you live update me as this was as you were seeing it was <laughs> giving you. <laughs> I had fear. I need all of you, all of our panel of experts here, to understand that I was fearful of what I was getting myself into. I also probably shouldn't say this, but I was trying to find it on other sources, so I just didn't have to go out of my way to drive. Oh, on the on the high seas, on the on the dark on the high seas, it did not work. Somehow it did not work. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go. I saw it. I t- dragged my sister with me. Very, you know, no one's in this theater, so we can kind of be obnoxious a little bit and just comment. Uh, I was very, the, I think some of the only positives I have coming out of this where I knew some of the dinosaurs, and that to me was a win, learning that. Um, yeah. Other than that, I was frustrated. I will admit, I do picture Joe now in the Malta black market with his laptop. <laughs> I was there you know, just trying to get Dominion. Like, come on, it's yeah, yeah. Work. There's there's a there's a man in a cloak, you know, selling trinkets with curses on them, <laughs> and also a pirated DVD, pirated of Jurassic World. But it's not the right Jurassic World. It's like a knockoff version. Yeah, of it's it. like Cretaceous like, Park or something. <laughs> right, right. And you, tr- you try to talk the mysterious yes. person, but his parrot answers you. Mm. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um. Speaking <laughs> of like weird Orientalist bazaars, can we talk about that scene uh, where they go to? Uh, I I don't know why. I want I this I I want, but I want to start there where they hmm. suddenly. Cause this movie has an overabundance of ideas in that yes. way, and I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. get into it. It reminds me a lot of a Neil Breen film. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean. I wouldn't go that far. I will go I don't that know, far. man. Kinda, I kind of agree. I, kind of this movie there. wanted to hit on every single thing it could, and suddenly it feels like the first draft of a script where... Oh, 100%. The, 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 the Fallen Kingdom, I have said, felt like a Jurassic Park movie written by Michael Scott from The Office. This feels like a Jurassic Park movie written by Neil Breen, where suddenly you're like, I want to have commentary on global politics and i want to have a uh middle eastern bazaar market chase uh, <laughs> straight out of indiana jones and, <laughs> like and, all the like all the ethnic the, stereotypes uh, in melt yeah. yeah and also yeah. naturally the the one place that's you know not in <laughs> you know mainland europe or us is yellow red yes food, right like every <laughs> other dusty dirty full of brown people kind of thing oh no we can't be having that no cue the yellow filter as soon as that came on i was like you gotta be kidding oh my god okay so everything else about this felt so far removed from reality because like i i noticed that immediately i noticed how weird it was that like oh are they like suddenly in uh you know late days ottoman empire of north (laughs) africa um but everything else about the movie was so out of uh, out of reality from the way that everyone is dressed to the way they talk to each other. It's like, I don't think I obviously like I could register the racism, 
but it almost didn't it didn't spike anything in me. It's it doesn't even jump out because everything else is so outside of the realm that of anything a human being would do. That being said, I want to try and stay positive. I liked the little puppet Diectodon and the little Dimorphodon. Mm. Oh, the Lystrosaurus was really cute. Oh, those, yeah, those were cute. I loved him so much. What, was that what, was that a Lystrosaurus? Lystrosaurus, a yeah, it was a Lystrosaurus. Yeah. Okay, it's the smallest species. I thought I, uh, Lystrosaurus. But I thought life. I. I thought, oh, okay, okay. I thought it was, it was so small. I thought it was a diectodon. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 little puppets were kind of cute, but they were very Jim Henson-y. They didn't oh, like- Oh gosh, yeah. I'm glad they used so many of them, but at the same time, like you said, they're, they're very rubbery. They're in like just a shot at a time. They barely linger on them. Yeah, and the main uh, reason I think is because a lot of these are now like legit puppets as opposed yeah. to hydraulic animatronics. Like, all the legacy JP movies used hydraulic big animatronic oh, stuff, yeah. but all these are now puppets. They're cheaper, they're safer. Wow. I think the safety thing is, you know, probably a good yeah. draw for this. But From what yeah. I read, like, the uh, special effects company only had, like, like, I think ILM only had, like, four months to work on the puppets. It was the same studio that does the Star Wars puppets, I think. Really? Because really? I, I like all the Star Wars puppets. Well, I mean, they're aliens, right. not dinosaurs. That's yeah. true. <laughs> it it did. It felt a lot like uh, Star Wars puppets, and it it just it. You know what really like encapsulated it was like that. This was so many. It was trying to be so many different movies at different points. Like so much. It's so weird that so much and yet so little happens in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think it's especially jarring seeing the original cast mm. they are so out of place in a movie like this they and and they're people that you know can act they are exactly, all proven yeah. yeah great actors great 20th century actors and they are fumbling over the clunkiest dumbest dialogue and it's so it once they are there it is even more evident that this is not what uh this is not what it started as mm. it's like they're it's like they're walking in from another movie because like you you see them and at the very least you want it to be like the star wars sequels where you know i you know people were disappointed some people loved them whatever i'm uh, i'm kind of neutral on it because i'm just not a star wars person mm -hmm. but you have to admit like there was gravitas to seeing mark hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford. Like there was suddenly like this thing of like, you catch your breath a little bit when they walk in and these guys, they are so unceremoniously just like tossed in your face. They're expecting you to get that reaction. And it highlights, I think just how bad the script is that, that none of them care. The only person who kind of puts effort in is Jeff Goldblum, and I have to give him credit. Well, he, he just plays himself. That's play literally just—it's literally just him on a good day. He's like, "Oh, we're on set." <laughs> but even, right, right. even he was—that oh, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was a really yeah. good Goldblum. That was good. <laughs> but he's always the meta voice, and like in any of the sequels, he's always been the meta voice. Where you know he's. It's almost like he's a stand-in for the audience in the Lost World, where he's like, "No, no, why, why are we doing this again? We, we, we really don't need to do this again." And now in this movie, he's like, "No matter what I say, they, 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 they just keep doing it." And it's, it's, 
it's the one slightly okay thing in the movie and that in him that little the only piece of subtlety they could manage was him buttoning his shirt you know just kind of (laughs) as as that nod to the the original one where he's lounging there with his shirt open oh you see like that's one thing i also really dislike about like the movie was just all these random callbacks especially with like the you know the legacy characters like yeah um like for example when ellie sattler gets to the the cornfield that got eaten by the locusts and then she like yeah. t- she takes off her sunglasses in yeah. awe oh like there's a like, there's a big ass dinosaur in the field oh and then it's just she's an wearing empty the cornfield. exact same outfit as yeah. she was in the first movie with the pink shirt but all of their outfits look awful everyone in this movie like i don't understand like what the what was the Zan, not everyone can dress as good as you okay well, what was up with the coat <laughs> Her coat I, I don't was remember. so the, fascinating. The, the and were really well makeuped. You know, the, I thought their eyeliner was just <laughs> on point. I don't know what you're talking about. We can talk about but the dinosaurs who, after this. Who in the, the the pilot lady? Who in the last? It she was such a flat character. I I I don't even remember her name. Her name was Kayla. Kayla. She was the way she was dressed. You were like, you can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to say like, oh, she's this flying ace or whatever. And they dress her up like a World War Two fighter pilot. <laughs> and it, it's like it it does not communicate what they think it does. It it just it, it makes you so aware that you are watching the shallow like uh reflection of a character all of these things yeah. that like this is movie character that and that's and that's all of them they're all yeah. like that because like owen doesn't even owen as quippy as he was in the first one and again uh you know chris pratt is divisive whether or not people like him mm-hmm. he doesn't even get to do anything in this movie like yeah. even if you're coming back to it based on his charisma and we know chris pratt can carry a movie yeah he doesn't. He doesn't have anything to do. He has no character in this entire thing. They brought everybody down to this just middle level of bleh. It's like everybody's on antidepressants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, that, that's that's a good point. I didn't pick up on this sooner in the movie. Like you're you're totally right. There isn't a whole lot of innate charisma oozing from the actors that we know that they could all exert. Mm-hmm. If anyone like. I don't know. I I really like the actor behind Ramsey, the uh, uh, Louis Dodson's like Roger, right? I forgot the actor's name, but that's just because I know. That's because I love the actor, you know. (laughs) But that's not because of the character. But okay, but Ramsey, take Ramsey. Okay, we are this this movie. So he goes up to Tim Cook guy, yeah, um, and and he's like, he's just like me. And then later at the in the movie, he's like, I'm not just like you. And it's like, where the hell was this? It felt like part of the movie was missing and it just highlights they have to tell you everything because a lot of this movie is tell not show. You know, he said Dawson says, you're my protege. I trust you so much. But they don't show any of that. There's no you never see him. You never see him struggle. He gives him up so quickly. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I betrayed you. And it's. There's no, it really was, the only thing that had me on the edge of my seat was there's no plot twist. There's no reveal. Everything is just presented to you. And it's like they forgot, oh, Ramsey's going to turn out to be a good guy. 
oh, Ramsey's going to betray them when they get on the train and he's going to have to wrestle with whether or not to do the right thing. You know, like a movie. Uh, And it doesn't happen. It made me, because I I recently, I finally got caught up on Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. And Uh Stranger Things is, uh, it is, (laughs) it's pure fun. Yeah. You know, and you watch it and there are a lot of cliches. There are a lot of logical leaps yet those characters are so likable that you really don't care. You will overlook a lot and you will go along with the story. This, you know, doesn't have magic in it, and yet nothing is plausible. There's, like, and even the the action scenes, the chase scenes, like, they're about there, and then suddenly the, 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 the protagonist is 20 feet away when the dinosaur was at their heels, like, literally one shot ago and it i i am joe i feel free to zap Mm. me with your cattle prod for saying this uh it made me appreciate michael bay (laughs) honestly yeah i i agree with that to a certain extent i mean talk about weird action scenes when you have you know i i don't remember what dinosaur it was but they were like the raptor like ones that are chasing bryce dallas howard's character and like she's that, yeah, that's it. They're out. Purebreds. Yeah, purebreds, yeah. which I also Pure like rolled my eyes out because I was like, what else would they be? But anyway, it's so confusing. But regardless. Oh, no, they crossed. They crossed with this one with a pug and it uh, can't breathe. Yeah. Can, can I make a quick aside about the Atrociraptor real mm-hmm. quick? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Was it atrocious? It, it's a really bad sign in your dinosaur movie if a bunch of dinosaur fans see leaked images of the dinosaur and we cannot identify it until the movie comes out and you tell and us what it is. Oh my gosh. They, we were, they, they saw what happened to Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, they, they knew better. Was, oh my God. It was so depressing. because uh, I don't know if you guys know, the, the head of the Atrociraptors were like leaked months before mm. the first trailer came out. And every paleo nerd were, were like, what is that? We don't know what it oh. is. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! That's I mean, people like, were oh, thinking it was yeah. like it was like Deinonychus. We thought something. it was Deinonychus. We thought it was like uh, a, a megalosaur. We thought it was anything but a Trosseraptor, which is like three foot tall. You know, whatever. <laughs> which yeah, even then, I, it, even then, I don't yeah. know if Zan and Joe or the general audience knows, but a Trosseraptor is only known by a bit of the snout mouth. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we don't have so the one part they have. Yeah, we don't have a full skull or a full skeleton. Um, Piggying back off that, I the Atrociraptors are go through the same function as the Velociraptor, where they're much larger, they're featherless, and they're trying to I feel convey this anti-raptor squad of you know the white one and the orange ones that are like following along i actually did like the multi chasing at least some parts of it mm. but going back to mm-hmm. the idea of characters the thing that i really dislike is the overabundance of characters to where yeah some yeah. don't feel like they belong uh charles andy and i were talking about it after the movie where three characters that stick to my mind are the poacher the poacher is supposed to be a big deal guy you who totally goes after dinosaurs. totally thought he was going to be in the movie I and thought, then he's not yeah. in the movie. I thought he was yep. going to die at the very end or something. He was going to like, have this big comeuppance, but no, he dies like he's at totally, a two-thirds yeah. point. So to me, it's yeah. it's the poacher. It's Lady Gaga, who is the lady in the blonde hair in Malta. She just disappears. That has, the, that has, the, 
that has the laser pointer. I call her Lady Gaga. She gets arrested. Yeah, she reminds me of Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. And, right, yeah. And the lady on the plane that stops Maisie at the bridge. Yeah. Total, I'm going to admit it. She does remind me of just Lane Maxwell. So I, those three characters oh, all just, Bruh. what are you doing here? You brought nothing to this movie at all. No, so we have, we have yeah. Maxwell, we have Hitler. Tim Cook, we have Jeff Goldblum, who else is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's but also the fact that like the world building is just thrown out the window for and and then exposition is made to take over like that. Besides, like even just all of the abundance of ca- characters, like you're saying, Christian, that are just that have no purpose. Even the the pilot, whose name now I'm knowing is Kayla, because I didn't even get that in the movie. I was interested <laughs> in their character. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And like the only crumb of evidence of where they got that plane from is a photograph that they right. zoom in on for like two seconds yeah. of I think like one of their family members. They never yeah. talk about it. I you also, could have blinked and you would have messed it up. Well, th- exactly. And it's like, uh, then why? how do you have such a change of heart that fast? I don't understand how you go from I'm dealing in black market goods and uh, selling animals on the black market to people, but now I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to immediately change direction and help these people who I've never met before out. It, it's and a that's going to be important. Han Solo, you know. And, yeah. But like they are a cool character and it was interesting. And like even like the Malta Chase scene was entertaining. I wasn't complaining mm-hmm. during it. And I was like mm-hmm. actually glued to the screen. Like there's a few times where I was. I was actually watching the movie and I was like interested in what was happening. Yeah. And, and there are some, there's some times like where I think that the cinematography is actually holding it all together. Yeah, Specifically yeah. the forest, I think was, and this is in the end of the movie with the forest when they're in the preserve and it's focused on again, Carrie or Bryce Dallas Howard's character who I've just been calling the whole movie. And Isn't her name Claire? That's Claire. Yeah. Claire, yeah. Carrie, yeah. Carrie. Yeah. Claire, <laughs> Carrie. There was, cause there was Sarah. that whole Claire. Yeah. Claire. Same stuff. Hey, who, Bryce who, Dallas Howard. That's who what I'm just going to call at this point. I'm calling everybody <laughs> by their actual names cause it's easier. But any no, but like that that actual chase scene I thought was kind of interesting, like the way it was shot and like how she was under the water during that scene and the dinosaurs above. I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. That to me was like yeah. I was like, who'd they get for the DP on this? Like, who was the director of photography for that scene? Because the rest of the movie does not match up to this in certain cases. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. That that was the one moment that like, oh, okay, this kind of feels like a Jurassic Park movie yeah. where you've suddenly got to face down something terrifying that's you know kind of just behaving like an animal that's like mildly curious but you know could could kill you without really in intending to the therizinosaurus was the best part of the movie hands down it was the scariest dinosaur they lingered on it like you said and it's an mm. aggressive herbivore we haven't gotten like a legit scary herbivorous dinosaur well well, actually Actually, we did it the cartoon. If you like the cartoon, wrangle <laughs> 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 really, you. I really do not want to talk about Camp Cretaceous, please. Oh I, my gosh! But, um, why did you say that name? I feel. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like a big issue the movie has. I mean, I think it's mainly just mainly Trevorrow as a writer and a director is that he's not aware of his own flaws as a storyteller and a writer. And he doesn't. If it's, it's almost like he doesn't want to go past that first draft. Like he, he's like, yeah. bone appetite. It's done. There it and is. Another idea. And another idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, let's put a bit of nature. Yeah, let's let's do this. Is, well, well, Andy, people will for, call this Craig He's Tenesque. not the only one. He's not the only one responsible for this. If you don't recall, the other writer on this movie wrote the second Pacific Rim. Yeah, oh, she was no. she was brought on. I think as an additional like like script 
doctor or writer just to help smooth it out for why did he choose her? I don't know. Maybe he's like the one guy in the world who really liked Pacific Rim too. Um, <laughs> and but, I should say enough but, about the quality of this movie's writing. Yeah. But I, I, okay. I, I want to say this actually, because this, this brings me to a point that I have been thinking about actually for a couple of years. Okay. Cause I, uh, so I saw Jurassic world fallen kingdom in the theater. I, what that was 2018. Yeah. Uh, so I saw that and I actually saw that with my ex-girlfriend and I remember walking out of the theater and having this, we were talking about it just like, you know, and I was just railing on it and railing on it. And I, I'm going to admit right now, I was really into the first Jurassic World. I thought at the time when I saw it in college, I was like, this is the best Jurassic Park sequel, like better than the second one, better than the third one. I was like, this is taking it somewhere new. They're going to build on this world. They're putting some effort in um, to do something behind besides, you know, the really weak, confusing message of the second one and the lack of any variety of the third one. I was like, this is going to, you know, take take this series somewhere new. It's got new ideas. And seeing the second one and now the third one has the gravity, the black hole (laughs) of those of these subsequent movies has dragged down the first Jurassic World for me in my mind below the third movie. Uh, And I after seeing the second one, I was like, I think they are trying to wrap this up. They are going to put very little effort and very quickly slap together a trilogy out of this F- kind of fast track it. And that would have been slowed down by COVID. So I, I feel like my theory still stands and I, and I will, we'll see if I'm right, but I think they were trying to wrap up this trilogy quickly, make money. They're going to wait a couple years and they are going to reboot Jurassic park. <sighs> Mm, that's I, um, I, I don't think they're going to touch the first movie. I think people are going to riot if people touch the I don't, first film. No, no, they, no. They, they, no, I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. They're going to do a more... Tr- they're not going to try to retell Spielberg's story. They're going to try to do a more true to the Michael Crichton novel, like grittier, everybody's an asshole. Like, they're going to do that. Then they're gonna go going to go neck deep in the, the, the anti-science in, rhetoric. The, the, the nihilism of yeah. uh, of Michael Crichton. Zan, I, I I heavily disagree with you. I I really? think I think the next logical step for this blockbuster franchise that will allow them to, I mean, without rebooting anything, especially, is to do a prequel series. Mm, that's what I was thinking. Mm, they did yeah. kind of set, they set that up a little bit, um, with uh the 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 clone girls uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mom, sibling. Uh, I know. Oh my but god! The fact that she, oh, can we talk about how they let a child live on Isla Sorna, one of the most dangerous places on Earth? <laughs> like, let's take like, your daughter to work hey, day, Charles. Hey, hey, if, 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 if you make, if you make your own child, if you make your own child on the island, you can keep it. It was no, make your daughter no, 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 at work day. This isn't even the child. This is like <laughs> the, the Charlotte, the, the 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 Charlotte template. You know, the the mom quote was yeah. living on Isla Sorna as like a 10-year-old. A, a who? There aren't any 10-year-olds running around in Antarctica right now. 
You know, another that remote that you research know of, facility that, that we I know. know. Of, I could be wrong on that. <laughs> but you don't do that. Like, like, the, like what uh, Zan mentioned earlier about Stranger Things and how you accept logical leaps in plots and things like that if the character story is good enough. Uh, this this film is just so full of things that make you scratch your head. Like, but why can't you just, or why didn't you just, you know, like let's talk about the Camp Cretaceous dinosaur mind control stuff. They can make them all herd <laughs> into a central area, but they can't tell yeah. them to stop fighting each other for like 10 minutes. Nope. Okay, no, no. wait, of course not. I think a big difference between Stranger Things also and Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World, obviously Jurassic Park, at least in its initial, you know, beginnings, was hard sci-fi. Yeah. Stranger Things is the Goonies for a new generation, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like fantasy, essentially. Jurassic no, it's, Park. It's a yeah. commentary on the, the look at look right? at look at look at Tim Cook or what, whatever <laughs> the fuck his name was. Um, he when he, I I almost laughed in the theater and I probably would have not kept it in if I if I was not completely alone in that theater. But there was like one other family with kids and I was like I don't want to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene where he has his briefcase and the thing of and the Barbasol can, which I guess he somehow recovered from Jurassic Park after it got buried in the mud. Who cares um, where he's sitting there and the light goes out and he goes, no, no, no. Like he has absolutely no emotion in that. And there was if they had built him up as like kind of one of these tech bro billionaires that has that's like weirdly detached from human emotion like if they had spent a little more time with him because like they hint at him being one of these very aloof awkward tech bros but it's just not we don't know enough about him that it's so funny to hear him underreact Mm -hmm. to the lights going out he never has the freak out that I feel like you should have if you are in a place with dinosaurs loose and your train stops and the lights start flickering. He's like, no, no, no. This is also the same person, though, that like threw his hands up in the middle of a conversation and just walked away. Like when they were giving him bad news and he was like, oh, and then just left. And I was like, like, imagine your Bond villain just like, oh, we have to deal with this. All right. And then just walks off camera. And it was like, what? This is your like maniacal plan to starve the con- like the world, and I feel like this this villain is the most lackluster villain we get. It is, but you know he's the villain immediately. Well, the music like, cues you, if anything, too. It was like the whole thing with the poachers. I right? didn't need the music, Joe. The movie told me immediately <laughs> that he was the villain. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. I I just. All of the things combined for the fact that the the cinematography has to tell you the they characters quite literally tell you, and then the music itself constantly alludes to those things, which isn't normally a problem in a movie. But when you have it just constantly piling on, it gets mm-hmm. quite repetitive. is very frustrating. But one thing I wanted to pivot to as we continue talking about this is the fact that when I first heard of this movie, given I only watched two minutes of the trailer or whatever that long extended one was, I did not finish it. Uh, so I went in kind of blind on this. Mm-hmm. I was expecting this to be a movie about dinosaurs quite literally roaming around and taking over the world. And when that would be way I, too interesting. Well, so that yes, everyone else. Course, but, yeah. Right. Well, exactly. And the fact that like you get that for like, like I was talking about it with my sister in the beginning of the movie and we're like, oh, wow, this recap is actually 
quite nice because I forgot about the other one to a certain extent, besides the Russian oligarch part. One hundred millions. exactly but you know it's just it it could have been very fascinating in that way and even though it's kind of a crazy plot line and there's so much that has to be like considered with that Mm -hmm. that would have been watchable in that sense to actually be like okay suspension of disbelief let's get into it whereas the cloning of basically the sort of plot of like horizon zero dawn but at the same time so much more creepier is just so weird like the fact that there's and i don't want to linger on it too much but that the scientist who we're supposed to look up to as a hero cloned herself gave birth to herself and then now that's the child we're following and everyone's like she was just so magnificent i'm like she's crazy like this is an actual problem (laughs) that we're just gonna ignore that's another thing that i think about too is that all of the main cast knows each other like ellie is like Mm. i knew your mom I knew your mom and she was so sweet and you're such a sweet daughter. She loved you. And it's like where we have no knowledge previously. Yeah. Yeah. You're just telling us this right now. <laughs> but um, but it's like in the, in the second one where there's um American horror story, Nazi guy where he's in, he's in bed, you know, hospitalized or whatever. And like, he's suddenly John Hammond's best friend that we've never <laughs> heard about up until this point. Like, Exactly. They're like, you know, he it, it's it's uh they're they're trying to, you know, retcon in this larger cast of characters, uh, you know, without Richard Attenborough, RIP. Mm. Um but it's it it's that it's it's trying to to tie it tie it all together. I just it's 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 confusing to watch. Like you're like Wait, how did the dinosaurs get to the different continents? That's my question. Did they take a boat? Did they swim? I, right. I literally like looking at this map and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. They were on like so, the one so, island. So the Triceratopses just flew to Africa. <laughs> Obviously. Are, are, we're, we're to believe that the smugglers did enough of, did enough dinosaur smuggling that there are feral dinosaur populations on every continent. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand, and I don't even see how that would happen. But also, my, I mean, this is this is one of those questions I'm going to ask, and you're going to have to be like, well, that then they wouldn't have a movie. Wouldn't they just get rid of them? Like, if it's causing a problem in the cities, right, and you have, like, feral dinosaurs on the loose that are killing people, why is the, the option of, well, we just got to let them do their thing, you know, it is what it is, and not even at the end of the movie. Like, I'm talking in the beginning. Why was that sort of the solution here? I don't understand. And, and and also, again, yeah, the fact that they can travel across seas and, and whatnot. Yeah. It's just all bizarre. And I think that, for me yeah. at least, they hammer it home a lot that these are cloned, genetically altered, and modified creatures. That And when they do that, I don't feel the connection to them in, in that way as animals, or at least to the point of where you would want to. Like, there's just some, there's a lot of removal that this movie does, and all of the movies, honestly, at least the newer ones, were doing that felt always a bit odd. And just like, I don't know, there's something there that I felt like continuing while watching this, it just, I, like, there's no stakes, number one, which was a problem, but also that, like, I don't know how to feel about the outcome of any of this. You know, it's like, what do we do? What is the solution here? What are we trying to achieve? Why is there a black market for dinosaurs and what do they do with them? I guess Joe, I don't even Joe, want to Joe, know. Joe, to Joe, Joe. Dino Joe, Dino Joe. Uh, <laughs> Joe. Uh, you, so we're concerned. three meals away from anarchy. 
and we just had our third meal or whatever whatever she says that that was so dumb okay i i'm sure everyone wants to answer that question i just also want to say sam neil saying Mm. they go for the veins or the arteries or both like what kind of in in what world is that a is that a line that you write veins arteries or both Sam Neill was done so just... poorly in this film, I feel. I know. Where he was... He was he's, he's so dumb. He had he nothing, nothing to do. To do. Yeah, exactly. Nothing to do. Was such a beloved character and um, knowledgeable character that felt... But does a... he have children? Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's important. That felt they had a presence that was very knowledgeable and just knew how to handle dinosaurs and now is just reduced to... Oh, are you dating Ellie? Are you not? What's going on between you two? And yeah, we just met, but you it's know, just this, this strange. It's time. terrible. Um, another thing that I think about is, Joe, you mentioned that you didn't watch fully the prologue. So the thing that sets you up before the movie, the very nature documentary esque type of um, oh, you know, scene that's supposed to hype up the movie. The prologue was taken out of the movie. It's not in the full cut. So you don't get to see that context. And what I'm leading up to is the dinosaurs and hyping up this sort of rivalry between our Tyrannosaurus Rex and our new large antagonist, the Giganotosaurus. So Christian, I'm I'm, going to just say, even if you watch the prologue, it doesn't even help because there's no reason really for (laughs) you to feel bad for the the Giganotosaurus when it when it when it dies. Oh, like, you, you have no reason to cheer for the Tyrannosaurus. You're just like, the only reason you have to cheer is because, oh, that's the dinosaur from the first movie. Nostalgia. Oh. Right. And I certainly agree. Um, one thing is just that mm. with a lot of these Jurassic movies. I come, don't think this is about us. Yeah. Like, what the f*** is that <laughs> yeah, supposed exactly. to mean? With these Jurassic How do you movies, know that? How do you know that, Grant? How do you know? <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's, it's like the Jaws sequels where it's like, I think the sharks want revenge. And it's like, how the f*** do the sharks know who we are? And that's that's a big topic that I wanted to get into is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the anthropomorphism of animals, so these dinosaurs, yeah. where each film, starting with the first Jurassic World, is this large theropod dinosaur, large carnivore dinosaur that was bigger than T-Rex. They pigeonhole themselves so hard mm. where now every movie, there has to be this new, scary type of theropod that comes in that's bigger than t-rex or somehow has some type of sense or equipment that makes it scary and different um giganotosaurus in the prologue they're supposed to be this somewhat established rivalry between it and t-rex which giganotosaurus Mm. and t-rex never lived at the same time and never lived in the same place first of all secondly you're again built up to think that these two dinosaurs are rivals which animals aren't they don't build rivalries they have competition between each other as they compete in the ecosystem but this sort of emotional attachment of it's me versus you is not a real sense of an animal and its behavior mm. yeah it's 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 extremely weird because that 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 anthropomorphism is you know it could work in like if I guess that this is the thing with this overabundance of ideas. I know the answer is that 
studios are freaking out because of streaming and they are trying to bank on proven properties. But I want to rhetorically ask the question, why is this story a Jurassic Park film? What if this was a more Dinotopia-esque thing that took it out of the this this world that is essentially just about a a zoo that relied too much on technology hmm. Hmm. why why does why does this need to be a a jurassic park th- film and that i think the the fatigue of all of this the the running out of ideas is why they are leaning so much into that anthropomorphism with blue with the T-Rex cuz the T-Rex is is like it's uh, it's this neutral force. The only reason it saves them at the end is because it's ha- of the first movie is because it happens to be there and it wants to eat the other velociraptor. Like it's uh it it just isn't where this story started all of these people feel like they're from another universe let's think about the first <laughs> right. jurassic park's mm. conflict right you have capitalists right you know disney uh, walt disney mm-hmm. analog dude who makes a dinosaur island brings a bunch of experts in to vouch for him and all shit hits the fan yeah there's really only like yes. a couple dozen lives at stake when you think about it and there's right. like in the first yeah, movie there's contained. only like seven species of dinosaur and only like three of them yeah. are kind of dangerous as established by the movie. Then you escalate yeah. a little bit. You have the second island that has more dinosaurs and they won't take them off the island. Oh no, bad idea. T-Rex gets loose. And then the third movie is again self-contained. They, they keep power creeping after that though. You have World, Fallen Kingdom, and Dominion. They keep pushing it further and further and further. But the, the appeal behind the first three movies is that it's relatively small scale. You know, it's it's we're going mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. You know, we don't have the luxury of, I don't know, military grade weaponry. And, you know, just the, the stakes feel higher. You're more invested. It, it's, it's more believable yeah. and immersive. But when you try to make that into a worldwide calamity, or as we're supposed to believe, yeah. it, it's harder to, to suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. Because if you really yeah, want yeah, that, you, yeah. you need to make it. Legit and but every single big movie though is the end of the world, so we're kind of desensitized towards that in a way too. It just doesn't make for a good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. story. Yeah, no, it. But it's it's the it's the um, I, I I it was this was a this was a post on Tumblr years and years ago, but someone referred to Supernatural as Redneck Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, the 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 baddies Jeez. are continuously uh being exacerbated like they beat satan but now they've got to beat mega satan they that you've god. never heard of up until dear this god point. yeah yeah <laughs> oh no now we have to fight the deer god and the bear oh. god <laughs> oh god oh god yeah and and also like and also like once you remove that containment it is kind of like the thing that i worry about again with stranger things as they kind of continue to build the world and you're like how long can you keep all these balls in the air because this went from being about creepy stuff that happens in a small town to now they're in russia uh but yeah oh, i forgot about it, it's that. uh yeah they're doing pretty Um, good though i i really they're they're doing good they're they're balancing it somehow but it is that thing of like 
they keep wanting there to be more so they Mm -hmm. can keep making these things, but they're trying to build on that original story that doesn't really lend itself beyond that. I mean, cause okay. You mentioned the, the, we mentioned the second Jurassic park a moment ago with um, where the T-Rex gets loose in California. And that is kind of the best, at least in my opinion, that's, that's one of the best parts of that movie because it was suddenly something new and it was at night. So not everybody's out and the T-Rex is more or less still behaving somewhat like an animal. You know, it's walking around, it's getting a drink from that. You you know, it's motivations for acting the way it does. They've established that strong. Yeah. 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 But I mean, but one thing about that, that final sequence of that movie Hmm. is, and I believe I've talked about this before is how did the, how did that boat get like that? Where there's a disembodied hand holding the, uh, holding the doors shut. And yet the T-Rex is still inside the container. And I, I am of the opinion I've, I've heard, I've heard this as a theory that, Originally, the raptors were supposed to be loose on that boat. They ate the crew, and that guy, as he was dying, was holding the the doors shut. But because they cut that out of the movie, or something is missing from that, something is miss. There's a missing scene. Yeah, that's 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 exactly like that. That's exactly what happened. Um, it's like they storyboarded it, but for whatever reason, I guess due to time or something, they didn't execute it. Um, yeah. so I don't, I don't know 100%, but it, 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 it does make a big a, plot hole in the film. It, it was also one of the first, like, I've heard, uh, movies to be, like, remotely shot, like, uh, because Spielberg's kid was sick, so he wasn't, like, totally present for it. He was mm-hmm. kind of directing from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like, whatever. But I, I think, I, I attribute a lot of the plot holes in that mm-hmm. to Spielberg just not being there. Um, Interesting. yeah. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, it's it's so bizarre as they 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 try to raise the stakes on this potentially, you know, really interesting concept, but they they kind of can't. And as evident by them trying to, you know, reinstigate everyone's interest by bringing back the original cast in this movie, mm-hmm. you just can't get out of the shadow of that first one that nobody nobody has a new idea. It's it's also just nostalgia banking like crazy and it's doing sort of what the you know Star Wars new movies did where it's they use the original plot of the first movie in the seventh one to get people back in they had the cast come back yeah, you know the soft reboot and, yeah Exactly and it and it kind of worked I was mad about it, but it kind of worked, right? It's like, okay, well, this was actually yeah, kind yeah. of fun. And then they did it again, and then they did it again. And it's like, <laughs> they just can't, es- you can't escape that framework because if you dare to do something new, it goes beyond your nostalgic, you know, framework and also the one that they know will make money. So they try to expand within it. But then I'm willing to bet that some executive or whoever, mm-hmm. maybe it's the director or the writer, decided that they were just going to throw whatever they wanted in it because they knew yeah. better than their advisors and then you get something like this because people are getting well, paid yeah, to make a movie you also because there, there's a lot of things wrong with all of the star wars movies but you know at least with the initial six there's the through line of george lucas at least and then with the newer movies because there's a lot of money wrapped up in it because they're a disney property 
you have them trading around directors. There was never really anyone consistent through all of those. Like I, I kind of almost give those star Wars movies a pass. And I think Joe, I think you and I are of differing opinions on the second sequel that I (laughs) like it and you do not. I love uh, Last Jedi, by the way, Joe. That is, I have, that is I have one of my, my favorite thoughts. movies. That is one of my really? favorite Star Wars movies. How, how do Star Wars fans feel about Rogue One? So That's, it's it's weird. It's it's. I like Rogue One because I I re- that was the, honestly the be- the best thing I I liked of the newer Star Wars movies. It's mixed. Y'all ever play Halo Reach? I love Halo Reach. Yeah. That that that's that's Rogue One. I mean, yeah, that's Rogue it's exactly <laughs> the same plot of Rogue One, actually. I mean, I, I, it depends, right? Because there are people who aren't super hardcore Star Wars fans and they don't understand why they need, like when they watch it, they don't really under, like feel like they have to care for it. And the main draw of Rogue One, I think, and it's guilty of this, is a lot of nostalgia and callbacks. And hmm. I think what saves it is because it has mm-hmm. such a great last like act that even I feel like, you know, like when I rewatch it, I just skip to that last act because I realize yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't really enjoy slogging but, but it's some, it's for the first new. hour. It's something new to Star Wars. It's you know? new and it built on the world. And there there was real stakes because there wasn't these untouchable heroes that couldn't die, whether it's a prequel or a sequel, and we needed them for yeah. the next movies. And like, oh, 100%. It's the, same, it's the same thing with The Mandalorian being one of the better shows because there's something new being added, but it's getting... You're following these two characters throughout a universe where you're interacting with people from the past and then people who are new, but it works in that way. And almost like, I think for like these Jurassic Park movies, it could have been interesting if something like that was done where they weren't bringing in the old cast back to sell us this movie where Mm -hmm. they could have just been either left there or they could have been woven into the story over the course of the three movies to Mm -hmm. make the trilogy actually feel glued together in that way. Have have I ever told y'all my uh, Jurassic World like if i were in charge how i would have done it the trilogy let's hear it we're open to new uh, ideas you start with fallen kingdom you start with fallen kingdom you start with getting the dinosaurs off island and then properly expand on what happens in the second and third movies mm. what the consequences are because that kind mm-hmm. of feels like what was colin trevorrow's like end game anyway because when we think of the first mm, Jurassic right. world they have the functioning theme park but it's not dwelled upon you don't get to see very much of the park working and then it goes to shit anyway it goes away they get rid of it they they completely ice the theme park so there goes any potential like expansions on that direction unless you do a prequel series Mm -hmm. right so they wanted to get dinosaurs off island why not just start there why well why not what if you axe the dumb I, I agree, but maybe one modification I would suggest, because this movie felt like so many ideas. That, that's why I make the Neil Breen comparison, because yeah. there's so much yeah. going on. It yeah. feels like it could have been multiple movies. I'm going to say, what if Jurassic World is like act one of the first movie, and you set up that there is a park something happens, they get off the park, you axe the stupid Indominus Rex, the Indoraptor, you skip all of that, and then, like what you're saying, build out this trilogy of dealing with dinosaurs uh, in the modern world. Mm -hmm. Hmm. See, okay, so I had a very similar conversation about that with someone earlier today, and they Mm -hmm. they said, like, what if you have like you know because in my rewrite in my, yes. my mental rewrite the, 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 the dinosaur comics cut and the dinosaur <laughs> comics cut um 
basically you replace the two brothers in the first movie with Maisie. Um, you replace mm-hmm. Masrani. Oh yeah, all, they keep trading around kids through all these movies. Yeah, like if you had like one kid <laughs> grow up with the franchise, like yeah. it would have there would have been it would have been much easier to connect to this character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, versus like, oh, we have these two brothers. Bye. <laughs> all right, here's this <laughs> Never clone see you kid. again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you had Maisie, and then you have Lockwood as a more important character, replace I, I would replace Masrani with Lockwood, the, the old dude. And then you mm. just develop their characters more, establish his relationship with Hammond early on so that we could he so that he, you know, you could get that over with and then you could have more emotional character moments with him and the other characters. You could develop him as a man with regrets. And then, you know, I'm so I'm cool with the clone plot twist. I think that's a very that's a logical step in the next, you know, next direct like next step in the franchise. Yeah, that that like, that, that, that that didn't have to be a terrible ethics. idea that like, ooh, in gen could have been getting into, you know, more sinister stuff. Cause yeah. that, that's a big, um, that's a big thing in the book where, um, it's almost like, um, there, there's a lot of speculation about what Hammond is really up to that, uh, the, that the park is almost like a cover for the real, gravity of what exactly could happen with this technology that mm-hmm. that you that he's using this facade of you know yeah yeah right. they, you know to to explain why you're doing all this genetic research which is kind of what they try to do with Tim Cook guy um right but i i i also think like they in trying to make this like this bigger global story it just it loses so much gravity to any situation because it, it becomes increasingly unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, one one thing on a, a a a one podcast that I I used to listen to quite a bit uh, would talk a lot about World War II movies. They they would review a lot of them, and one of the things they would talk quite a bit about was um, good World War II movies even though it is this global conflict where everything is at stake for everybody, they are the, the, the ones that are well known and well liked very often are these incredibly isolated skirmishes within the bigger war. And it's not necessarily the thing that's the linchpin in whether or not we win the war, but it's the one battle. It's like, you know, uh we we we're gonna we're gonna build this bridge over the river Kwai, you know or we're gonna we gotta win this one tank battle we gotta find private ryan you know Mm -hmm. you know these things don't make or break history in a way that makes us you know scratch our heads it's it just is a human story happening within this this bigger world and because so much of this stuff falls apart as soon as you try to make it bigger you know, yeah. when, when you try to explain everything, it just leaves you with more questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there wasn't enough room for like the ambiguity, I think, for the clone plot, at least for me. Yeah, because if there was and you would get that sense of like the sinister underbelly that was happening, I could make that connection. I think it could be very interesting for sure. I think for me, what stressed me out is, again, I'm watching a movie about dinosaurs, about the past. I'm interested in that. And now all of a sudden we have an existential crisis on our hands of, oh, my gosh, they can now clone people and we can cure all diseases. And then it's going to open this entirely different plot to unfold, which 
could yeah. be arguably very interesting, you know, Blade Runner sci-fi, honestly, but it's not even given the proper breathing room for that. Mm. And again, mm. they paint the person who does it as this like heroic scientist where I feel like, you know, my sister rightfully points out, it's like, there's so many ethic violations there. Like so much is just overlooked in the case of doing mm-hmm. things and we're not paying attention to that. I, I think though, one of the things I was, uh, I've always been curious about and now I, even with with just media in general as we're going forward, is that Jurassic Park has really saturated how we look at, or at least for coming at an outside perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How we look at dinosaurs and how we look at like just the prehistoric past. You know, that was something that definitely shaped the way that I thought how certain dinosaurs looked and acted. The idea of the morality complex is given to certain ones and how that applies to us, the anthropomorphizing. But then also you know, how this whole movie unfolded, and I imagine, like, younger audiences going to see it. Mm-hmm. How is that going to leave that impression? Where, you know, I, I, I hear, you know, you guys talk a lot about, like, Jurassic Park being super influential for those going into, like, a paleontology field. I don't know if this series, this series of three films, is as maybe inspiring. Maybe it is. I don't actually know. But I think it is for kids. Like you think really so? Young yeah, kids. I, I have friends with kids who, who you know, yeah, love you it. know, like the yeah. people who like the Star Wars prequels. You know, that's fair. I hate the Star Wars prequels, but <laughs> all the all the other kids who grew up with it, like, yeah, there's prequels are awesome. I like you so you so no like prequel. <laughs> I, I mean, I <laughs> like episodes. I like episode, episode three. three. Was good. Episode three was arguably very good, but I guess, but I guess what what I'm saying though too is because yeah. of Prehistoric Planet coming out recently mm-hmm. and being so much more focused in on the science, the animals themselves, and how that all unfolds. I feel like having watched that and then going to see Jurassic World 3, right? It, it's like, because I, I definitely agree, like in the first one and even the second, there's a bit there that I think is very interesting because they spend time with the dinosaurs. But because this movie was so focused on the humans for pretty much most of it, it I don't know, it just feels very like, I'm like waiting for the dinosaurs to come on screen. It's being like, okay, what are we going to look at? What am I going to learn today? And you don't really come out of it with I was, anything. I was weirdly getting sick of the dinosaurs though. Oh, interesting. Like, because there was never a moment that like I got to know anybody. That right. It, it felt like just dinosaur after dinosaur after mm, dinosaur. Like I, I kind of had an opposite reaction. And that's really, that I would definitely like to chime in on is that yeah. when it comes to public perception in the general public, we mm-hmm. are a group of individuals that like dinosaurs and look into dinosaurs and have a certain set knowledge of dinosaurs. However, mm-hmm. the average family, the average parent that's taking their kids to watch this movie, mm-hmm. this is what they're soaking in. This is what they're absorbing mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. dinosaurs. And one of the things that I liked yet disliked about this movie is the amount of dinosaurs. On one hand, you have the dinosaur diversity, which is great. You're going to be able to see different species on the big screen like there is an asaurus there's an asaurus this is its first it's funny to say its first big break on the big screen but Mm. at the same time (laughs) the interpretation the model what it looks like does not align with the current knowledge of science and when that family goes to see the movie theater goes to see the movie in the theater, those kids see there's in a source for the first time, or a Trociraptor, mm-hmm. Velociraptor, all these different species, they're going to think that's what it looks like. Exactly. Which exactly. is not the case. Um, yeah. We've seen a little bit of 
progress in terms of things like Pyroraptor and Quetzalcoatlus, I think those two mm-hmm. are, you know, they're the feathered ones. Um, but at the same time, Pyroraptor looks like the 90s raptors where it's a yeah. it's your old model of a Deinonychus or Velociraptor, but just feathers glued on. And mm. how uh, did Quetzalcoatlus's beak rip through uh, an airplane fuselage? <laughs> Movie magic. Yeah. Let's go ask the Quetzalcoatlus' <laughs> uh, stunt double. We're here. We're here now with the Quetzalcoatlus. Uh, can I call you? Quetzal- <laughs> uh, so, what what did you think of the film? What did you have any points on the script that you were uh, interested in? I see. I see. <laughs> oh, I bet he is. Uh, oh, you got anything else to plug? Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Follow the paint paddock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my god. That was a Quetzalcoatlus. Yeah. I mean, there mm, there wow. are, there were a lot a lot of leaps of logic, especially in this movie. Like, I thought Fallen Kingdom had me like scratching my head. This movie had me like, oh, okay, wow, that 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 Velociraptor should have its skull, or sorry, Atrociraptor should have its skull shattered. But I, I guess not. He's fine. I guess they got these guys pumped with steroids or something. Um, can, I, can I ask? Can I ask another question about that? Sure. Um, Owen and Claire don't immediately recognize the Quetzalcoatlus, and I think a couple of other species. Wouldn't they know about them? They worked at Jurassic World. Why well, are they surprised? Were those cloned by Biosyn? Yeah, for so some a lot reason? of these newer clones yeah. aren't from Jurassic World proper. What? You know? So Biosyn has engineered all the feathered ones. At least that's what's implied. And I know the lore. Then why did they release them? Because uh, Jurassic explained- World Fallen Kingdom sets up that these are animals that were from the theme park that got let's think about all the feathered. Wait, let's think about all the feathered ones that we see, though. We don't see any of them in the world, though. Oh, hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this brings me to another thing right. is like, you know, they have this opportunity to introduce the dinosaurs with a bit of an updated look. And, you know, I, I understand their they're a little bit constrained with what they set up the dinosaurs looking like in the 90s, which at the time would have been, you know, pretty, pretty all right. Yeah. Pretty decent science. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just honestly, like not having their tails dragging was probably huge. A, a big, yes. a big thing, a, a huge, a huge thing in the 90s. But you have this opportunity to introduce new dinosaurs. There is no established canon for what a Therizinosaurus has to look like, for what a Pyroraptor has to look like. You know, you could have, you didn't have to go, like you said, 90s, early 2000s uh, paleo art uh, with it. You could have gone for, you know, a more subtly fuzzy Pyroraptor. Yeah. And, and I mean, did, was it just Pyroraptor so that they could make it red because it has Pyro in the name? Like, so from what I what I heard on the down the pipeline, um, Brusati, who was the main um, paleontological consultant for this, Steve Brusati, he you know all if you notice all the was species he on Xanax the whole time. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> um, so I mean, if you notice all the species that were chosen for the movie are so like fragmentarily known, except for the Giganotosaurus. Like Dreadnoughtus is known from what, like a vertebra? No, Dreadnoughtus is very from, well like... documented, actually. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, we just don't have the skull. Still uh, ugly. Well. In, it's still <laughs> ugly in the movie. It's, it is still. You go ugly blame the, the cre- blame the creature designer for that. You know, 
theory it's a pair of arms which i mean you could still guess off of the it, it's close enough i guess for the general people right mm-hmm. um you know pyraptor is a skull i think yeah par- uh, maybe partial less skull. a trosraptor is yeah. like a jaw like or like yeah, half a skull right. yeah tros- a so it's, it's really no, it's just like yeah it's, it's just like it's like oh we don't really know what these look like so mm-hmm. you guys can go you guys can go mess with that and i think that's kind of mm-hmm. why those dinosaurs were chosen and why they were given like those radical design, like so, they had like a f- mm-hmm. sort of a free pass in a way. They had they had the pass. <laughs> <laughs> you got a pass to Jurassic World. You have a Jurassic pass. Oh gosh, the fast pass. <laughs> One thing that I, I I was just questioning the whole the whole time was like, why did Biosyn make this like preserve? Like, why didn't they just open another zoo? Like, like how are they making money off of it? Like, is it they're, just they're like, like a pet project? Re- it's not like really explained. Research on them for pharmaceutical. And- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, and yeah, that, I understand. No, I, I remember, and that's an important thing. Literally, the, I believe there is a part where Tim Cook Dodson is saying, <laughs> "We are, we are at the forefront of exploration of dinosaur research. We are discovering how yeah, dinosaurs can, how they can cure cancer and Alzheimer's." Well, wow. go to go take a tour. That's not important. We're going to see some dinosaurs, right? Okay. Like I mean, literally, yeah, that, happens that, in that could they could have a that, zoo. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <sighs> makes total sense. So dumb. Makes total sense. I I have a question though. Since we're talking, about, is Pyroraptor the one that was like in the snow scene? Yes, the, the one that scene? swims. Yeah. For okay. Yeah. Yes. I have a qu- yes. Is why why would it swim? I don't know. It's not, okay. It's not that Pyroraptors couldn't swim in real life. I don't know why they made it swim uh-huh. like a penguin. Yeah, because you know, I was or, like, or like a croc or whatever. They probably like, couldn't they, swim that well. Swim. I mean, they probably could swim, but not like that. You know. But also, yeah, like yeah, the water, it, like, it was swishing back to side, so, from side to side. It was it like was a very fish. infuriating. Yeah, it was very oh, sad. I mean, technically, the the the, and then <laughs> suddenly the um the the dimetrodon were semi aquatic, which I guess isn't. I feel like crazy. that was all. That was all just to fake people out that it was Spinosaurus and. Like all the yes. tears shed because of that just make me smile. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he just takes was. like a nice swig of it, like ah, fanboy tears. <laughs> Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah, yeah. Cheers, guys. That, that, that felt like a very deliberate choice to not have Spinosaurus. It in this did. Movie. I was. I'll be honest. Of all the dinosaurs, they like ham fisted in this movie. I'm surprised we didn't get like a sail in the water in the big shot of all the dinosaurs running away from the fire. I'm like, not even a cameo, man. <laughs> Trevorrow's scared of Spinosaurus the king. He doesn't want to piss off. I Spinosaurus. know, right? <laughs> oh god. Oh god. That guy has some pull. Oh. Going back <laughs> to Pyroraptor, though. It mm. when it finally reveals itself, Owen and Kayla get out of the plane, and it just comes out of nowhere. Like there's no real yeah. place for it, and I really feel mm. like it could have just been taken out of the movie. What I think they could have done is just completely take Power Raptor out of the movie, and then the ice is cracking, and that sends a level of tension that they have to escape the cracking ice. Like I feel like that would have been better, personally yes. speaking. Um, um uh, sorry, sorry. Que- a question for Crikey, it's Christian yes. from the Mattel uh, executives. Hmm. How are we going to sell the Pyroraptor ice uh, breaking playset <laughs> if we do not include the Pyroraptor? Don't forget the Whoa. Lego set too. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Lego, the DLC Lego. for the game. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's so they can have more dinosaurs to sell as toys. It's it's dumb. That's but, like that's Star Wars. The, but that's the frustrating fact is that there again it just goes back to this whole corporate need to just add a bunch so you can get those toy sales to kids and yada 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 and it's so it that's what part of what makes this movie so 
infuriating. Bland, is that it feels corporate. Yeah. It feels corporate. It, and it yeah. feels infuriating with it. But that's why I almost I don't even I don't even blame uh, Trevaro Trevaro Trevago Hotel Trevago Yeah Yeah <laughs> I don't I don't blame Hotel Trevor uh, Navarro Dave Navarro because I feel like there were probably a lot of cooks in the kitchen besides uh, him and the other writer we mentioned mm-hmm. I imagine that writing for a property like this that has a lot of money attached to it it's probably like you know unless you're taika watiti it's probably like uh you know doing a marvel film where you've got a bunch of people being like we need this in there and we need this in there and we need this in there i but with less coherence I, am, yeah. I i yeah i i feel like this was on autopilot with how bland the script was Mm-hmm. It, it had to just be a, an exercise in autopilot just being like we want you to hit these points and it's like uh all right dialogue i don't, I don't know we're going there Did, i don't know about it, that i this feels like a so? very trevorrow film like have you read his script for star wars episode nine it has the not. same amount of mess and hmm. like misogyny and um just like i lost i don't know like it's like he has and it has the same like (laughs) amount of interesting ideas but he's his own worst enemy in that he doesn't know what to take out and what to keep Mm -hmm. when he makes his script i just put put everything in there how does he keep getting handed these really big properties okay so he made the movie um i forgot what it was called it stars aubrey safety not guaranteed there you go safety not guaranteed with aubrey plaza and it was it's a classic romantic comedy movie from the 2010s uh, yeah. but when you look back on it there's some kind of iffy stuff like you know the dude gets rejected by the girl so he crashes his car into her house like stuff like that but it's it's played for laughs but like when you think about it you can kind of see we didn't we didn't fully understand that nerds were evil back in 2010 yeah 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 big bang theory kind of made it worse too um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we didn't we, we didn't have uh yes yes yeah but then um, if you if you just look at how he writes like like for the women he writes are all you have the very pure woman or you have like the women who's conflicted but because she's not adhering to some traditional gender role and claire like for me is like probably the worst offense of this because Mm. um basically her entire arc through the films is becoming a mother yeah that's 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 what's important don't don't be don't be a girl boss you know don't be a girl boss you know don't you know don't climb that corporate ladder stay below that glass ceiling girl and you know get a husband and have a nuclear family you know just like the good old days that's what it feels like you know especially if you look at their end point where now instead of being a corporate woman who you know has a great job probably has a good car has a great retirement yeah yeah yeah. well yeah yeah oh yeah no they're living the mormon dream you know in the hills of colorado wherever they are with the dinosaurs and everything Yeah. yeah (laughs) (laughs) it took a minute to set it (laughs) (laughs) it's it's funny because javaro is like i think he's he's like Zack snyder where he doesn't realize what he's making is almost conservative but he's all outwardly really liberal liberal Mm. from what i've you know seen on social media he's a pretty decent dude he just makes not great movies yeah, like mm, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Zack Snyder. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I never saw the Snyder cut. Maybe we'll it's... maybe we'll no, Zan, no. don't watch it. Do you want to uh, waste four hours? I've already it's wasted a time. Andy, and Andy, how much hours. how many times have you <laughs> seen the Snyder cut again? 
I've seen it three times. How and have you watched it so you, three times? So that's 12 hours of your life. You've wasted half a day. Okay, the first time was with you. Yes. It was with yes. you. The second time was actually with you again, I think. And then the third time was with um, my girlfriend's parents. Just because they wanted to watch it. I was like, I guess. <laughs> in one sitting? That's a lot for one uh, sitting. No, not, I mean, not in like, oh, like the whole movie in one sitting? Yeah. Do yeah. they like the Ooh. aspect ratio? Oh my no. God. I They're like, why is, why is it a square? Like, <laughs> they didn't appreciate to, to preserve the... Zack Snyder's vision. Well, what was the aspect ratio again? It's a. It's a it's a four, four three. three yeah yeah or or actually it might have been one to one to one I think because it was a black box and I was like wow, wow what why? What, is, what is this the lighthouse <laughs> no it was it was four three because that's like the aspect yeah. ratio of like the film before you before you mm-hmm. pop it yeah if only Jurassic World Dominion was a four three you know oh, wow, aspect ratio maybe it would have been better wow if only it was in black and white <laughs> oh my I forgot they made a black and white version and had Hallelujah in the soundtrack oh my Go gosh could you that. imagine. I, I, just, I just feel like Trevorrow is just his own. Yeah, as I said, like, and he only writes yeah. like tropey, tropey characters who he can't. For some yeah. reason, he just can't give them arcs or development. They just stay one note yeah. the whole movie. They their changes off screen. So. I I just felt like everything was so disconnected. It honestly did not even occur to me that Claire had an arc. I just I saw her as she is there for for plot to say thing at this moment. But I mean, now that you say that it mm-hmm. is like, well, the issue you is, know, that... it, it is, it is incredibly yeah. in, in insulting, you know, like it could have been like an arc of like, she just needs to loosen up a little bit. And, uh, Owen needs to learn to respect her more because, you know, she kind of saves their bus at the end of the first movie. Like, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, that could have been, that was, I, I'm going to be honest, I was not thinking about character arcs through this whole thing. I was squirming in my seat, like, unable <laughs> to be alone with the movie. Hand, head in hands. But again, again, like, again, like a Neil Breen film. I do not want to be alone with Neil Breen. Right. I don't think anyone wants to be alone with Neil Breen. But I, I guess I, I hadn't even really thought about, like, what their characters were becoming because nobody's character was present in any of this like uh even like like i was saying earlier you know owen doesn't even get to be uh you know this this macho guy like I, I, is he changed is he not we don't know he barely I think, says i think okay i, I, I think the implication i think the implication is that all this change happened during the four like the time skip that happened but it's like it's like that for every movie. All the change the characters go through is off screen. Like when Claire is suddenly like a green like a Greenpeace activist in Fallen Kingdom, that all happened off screen. You know? Yeah. And they yeah. all stay one note the entire the rest of their movies. All the changes off screen. Right. Yeah. I will defend Owen's character a little bit in the regard that you do see that he uh-huh. has chilled out significantly from the first film. Like for me, mm. he's at his mm. worst in the first yeah. movie. So in this one, he's like playing with Maisie, you know, he's like calming down dinosaurs and being like, okay, I'll take you somewhere safe. That I think shows the the, the biggest thing for me in this movie. There are Mm -hmm. pieces of pyrite in, in the river water, you know, shiny Mm. bits of that could be really cool or that was really fun, but it's in mud and muck. And when you dig it out, it's fool's gold, right? Like, like mm. let me talk about something I really liked is the 
the scene with Alan Grant in the coffee shop uh, in Bios and Campus. I don't know. I thought that was fun as hell. Watching Sam Neill be a crotchety old paleontologist talking to this millennial barista you, as a cover. Yeah. Do you want Old Spice? You want Old Spice in your cappuccino? I, I guess I was I was just so I'm so over the the trope of hipster coffee. It's like, well, they want all these different types yeah, of coffee. Yeah. I don't even drink coffee. And I, I guess I'm. Yeah, you because that you know what? I mean, to your point, though, I, I will agree that it has always been established that grant was a little backwards and a little old-fashioned like it's in like the his introduction scene where he says I hate computers like, i touch yeah. i touch i touch the computer and i broke it you know it's it's established that he's a little set in his ways he's a little crotchety i i agree like there there could have been more moments like that i wish it wasn't stereotypical old man can't get black coffee yeah. from hipster barista yeah. And that's because, as I said, Trevorrow only writes caricatures, yeah. you know, mm, in his movies. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, but like, I mean, the the, the guy in the it, it literally was it's a at that at this point, that is a 10 year old hipster stereotype. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not new it, anymore. It, it's, it, a, it's not like nothing yeah. in this movie is revolutionary. It's not topical. It, would, <laughs> right? it, it, it would have it would have been hacky in Portlandia. Yeah. Like, a place where <laughs> coffee is actually snooty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How you know what? I would have liked it. I would have liked it if the barista was like Travis McElroy or someone something. recognizable. Like <laughs> right? oh my if, gosh. if it if it was just some if it was someone who like has the potential to be charming but annoying at the same time. Mm, you know? Okay. It's like yeah. let me tell let me tell you about the like the uh, we got all these different coffees. Uh, that's that's not a very good Travis. Joe, can you do a better Travis? I don't know if I'm nasally enough. Honestly, I mean, well, it, that, that's Travis. Well, that's Travis. Well, yeah. Well, what would you do? we have. You yeah. can have a cappuccino. This is not Travis. Voice, but it's side side well. side note. Side note. I was listening to the first, very first ever episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me, and Travis's audio is particularly bad. And I can only so his voice is super compressed. So in those early episodes, you had no idea he sounded like that. Oh wow! Yeah, huh. I haven't listened yeah. to those. I'm gonna maybe yeah, try spe- those. Yeah, ones. speaking it- of old things, um, d- dinosaurs. How how uh, do we let let's have some other thoughts on mm. the dinosaurs and what we saw? Like you know, since you all collectively work with, you know, the. Uh, either the illustration of dinosaurs or communicating uh, dinosaurs uh, to to the layperson. Like, were there anything, was there anything interesting, anything that did stand out that you liked? I mean, there was, the, the, even like some of the puppets were, were kind of cute. There were... Uh, the parasaur was kind of kind of nice, I, I guess. So they updated <laughs> the Parasaurolophus design and it looks really good now. And I don't know why they didn't do that with mm. every other legacy dinosaur, but it's fine. But uh <laughs> one thing that Tim Cook, uh Dodgson had mentioned too was in that same snippet where he's saying cancer cancer research isn't as important as having dinosaurs somewhere. Um, he also mentions that these animals have complete genomes. They're fully complete and they're not any different than they would be from the past. And yeah, what? still look <laughs> the way they do. Giganotosaurus um, as an animal 
is yeah, not the, is not covered is, is not covered in these huge spines. It reminds me of um, the old Godzilla from like 1998. It looked like that. Yeah. I think Absolutely. that was the point of the design too. Yeah, and Giganotosaurus yeah. as an animal isn't, at least as far as we understand from its relatives as well, is that it's not covered in these huge scales and sails and all of that. Like it's just monstrified. Um, the different backplating that you see is called osteoderms. Osteoderms are found on crocodilians, which are a distant relative to dinosaurs. However, it's it's very just apparent that the monstrification is there. And again, as a communicator, as a person who interprets these creatures, when a child or an adult watches Jurassic World and Jurassic Park and absorbs what dinosaurs, quote unquote, are supposed to look like, at least from what they're taking it as that can be a huge step back in mm-hmm. trying to teach them that dinosaurs were more complex than the joker that wants to see the world burn. <laughs> animals aren't yeah. like that they don't have they're amoral they don't have a sense of right and wrong yet they're not trying to see their world completely collapse and them being on top mm-hmm. even from the very oh, beginning yeah. of jurassic world when they have the indominus rex it's killing for sport you are yeah. painting these pictures of dinosaurs as these vicious beasts, though it gives you the idea that all carnivores are vicious and bad. So when you have a regular person mm-hmm. that looks at a lion, tiger, or a modern creatures today, that, oh, it's a carnivore, which means it's bad and it wants to hunt you and kill you and exactly. take your social security number. I don't know, many bad <laughs> things. You know? Bank account and your identity. Did, I mean, <sighs> you just saying that, like, did you guys also have an ad for Beast play right before in the movie? I love Coldplay. Yes, yes, actually. Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> and I was like, what? Oh, that was so it was, weird. It was a, there, it, it looks like a really bad monster Horror movie th- yeah. this movie but with a lion and yeah. Idris Elba. oh yeah. 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 yeah 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 no i did not and, and and even there's even a part where they say it's hunting for sport yeah. you're like oh my god and what i thought yeah. it was gonna be I a demon quick, i didn't you know, think it was gonna it. be an actual yeah, like, lion well but you know there <sighs> but there are real stories of man-eater lions like there's that famous one like the railroad yeah one. the, the Sabo lions, Sabo lions. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there are like crazy stories you could tell about man-eater lions. I don't get like suddenly there's a lion that wants to kill for sport. But also, you know, Christian, to what you were saying, they left the door open in the first movie where um, Jurassic World CEO guy Masrani, yeah. your friend Khan, yeah, 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 yeah. So talking to Wu. And Dr. Wu says, um, you know, these animals would look very different if we hadn't um, spliced them with other animals, uh, you know, to complete their genetics. And also we modified them to be, you know, uh, compelling theme park attractions, which, to be fair, is also something that Grant says in Jurassic Park 3. Jurassic Mm. Park... He says during that lecture, when the people are asking him about Jurassic Park, he says those were not real animals. Those were modified uh, theme park monsters by John Hammond. Like that was Mm. that was set up. That was canon in the original, uh, at least in the third movie um, and in this new movie. They left that door open to say, now we've got the complete genome, whatever the hell that means, of the dinosaurs. 
and they've got the complete DNA somehow of recognizable dinosaurs from one amber mine and the Dolomites. And now they could have said, now here's what they actually looked like. And you could still have the legacy animals, but you could have the reskinned, um, you know, it would be kind of like the, uh, like in, in the, in the first Pokemon movie where there's like the, 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 like monstrous stripey versions of. Charizard. Oh yeah. The, the clones. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, clones. the clones. I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that great Pokemon movie attack. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Where, uh, Obi-Wan says it is not what you do with the, it, what, it is not the circumstances of one's birth, but it is what you do with the gift of life that truly Yeah, matters, and Anakin, Anakin really goes, inspiring. Pika, Pika! <laughs> yes. <laughs> he might as well. Um, but they they left that door open, and they never did anything with that. Mm. We never got to see downscaled, feathered uh, Velociraptor. We we didn't get to see any of the things that that could have led to in in a movie like this, where they're suddenly like, we have the complete genome. We are going to science mumbo jumbo. We now have what they actually looked like. Right, and the way right. the best analogy I feel like would be they gathered all of the ingredients to bake a cake, but never baked it. Mm. Like. It, it was there. It was they bought ready. McDonald's instead. They could have. They could have done it, but they didn't. Yeah, and that yeah. was a missed opportunity. Can we? Uh, yeah, McDonald's is at least enjoying. I know, right? Loving it. There is concept art of um that uh, I forgot. I was like Raul. What's his name? Oh yeah, oh, the paleo artist. There, there's a, yeah, the paleo artist. He did it. He like he worked for um like Universal. Asked him to do some designs for the movie, and they didn't go with any of them. They were too accurate. Um, I think oh, R.J. Gosh. Palmer. Was asked to do designs for like the series at some point. Was it Camp Cretaceous or something? What did I say about saying that name? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they asked him to do designs. He gave them paleo accurate designs, and then they just they, they threw him away. They didn't like, use any of his stuff. Doesn't uh, look like the Joker enough. We're gonna need some more. Yeah. Uh, extra what the fuck here. was that supposed to mean? I think that was a subversion of expectations. I think it was all marketing. It's it's barely that. Can can we also talk about like how weirdly slow that scene is, where the the Giganotosaurus actually attacks them, mm. and it's like slowly walking around the car, and never yeah. for a moment are you worried about anything. I was never scared in general, or like felt like there was a threat to a certain degree. To the and I kept hearing about the. I, I'm not very familiar with the Giganotosaurus being the Joker. I don't know where that came from, but I kept hearing it thrown around as we talk more and even like in previous tours. And I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, I guess. And then uh, what is that? Why does that keep showing up? What what happened was um Colin Trevero was asked, asked in an interview and he was like, so what's the what's the new like, you know, villain dinosaur? And he says, "Oh, so we have the Giganotosaurus and you know, it's like the Joker. It wants to oh. see the world burn." Like he said that in an Oh, interview. so that's actually from the direct Okay. Yes. Wow. I thought that was like a, a it's like a somehow stupid. I thought it was a meme. Like I like I thought it I thought it was going to be like a, you know, it's Morbin time kind of a thing. Or like, you know, like it's a fan. It's the fandom making fun of it. Not that the actual. Okay. Well, that makes it yeah, so yeah, much worse. No, life, life is already. I uh, wish it was. Life like, is stranger than fiction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where yeah. was Morbosaurus? 
Morbus. Yeah, we did have Morbius. Moros Intrepidus. So almost. Mor- Morbus. Morbius, Morbius Intrepidus. Morbius. Yeah. Morbius. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, this this was a this this was an experience. I I mm. I do wish I had seen it with a. I weirdly wish I'd seen it with a group of people because I I feel mm-hmm. like this, especially knowing all of that stuff about it too, and it it would have been a little less cringy to sit through. I I felt like I didn't want to be seen watching this. <laughs> That's odd. I, uh, <laughs> I went opening night over here um, with my partner uh-huh. and two of my buddies. The theater was a surprisingly uh-huh. full. I wore my N95, mm. just because it was like, oh gosh, there's a lot of people in here. Uh-huh. And B, mm. you know, yeah. I was, I will say, being with, you know, flanked by friends and all of us laughing at the stupid bits made it fun. But also, yeah. I, I want to say something positive about this movie in the regard that it, yeah. it, uh, Christian touched on this earlier about how people are inspired by dinosaurs or what, what, mm-hmm. what, what will people think mm-hmm. about dinosaurs moving forward and. Mm-hmm. Both my friends, to my left and right, I looked over, were on Wikipedia looking up Therizinosaurus. Hmm. So it, it's so weird. Huh, you know, the, the, a bunch of, I don't know, they could say uh, everything about this movie and it has all of its flaws, but, you know, it is still teaching people about dinosaurs, whether that's an accurate portrayal or not. Mm, yeah. It does yeah, but at the same time, it might have the... It might have the opposite effect where people think, man, dinosaurs are stupid as hell. And it is. People, people are, are movie critics are saying that dinosaurs are stupid. Or like people are saying that it's a movie yeah. about dinosaurs. Did you think it was going to be good and forgot about the first Jurassic Park? You know? Yep. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But th- this, there, there's a couple of like, because I, 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 I like hearing stuff like that, uh, Charles. I, but I'm, I'm also kind of in Andy's camp where you know it it uh it does on the one hand it's also it is warping people's perception of dinosaurs it's also reinforcing this idea that everything every big budget dinosaur movie that comes out is Jurassic Park yes yeah. for me it also it also is um a question of it's the Jaws problem. Jaws gets just about everything wrong with sharks. Yes. And sharks are something we can study mm-hmm. and we can know for sure about. You know, we know what sharks do, how they hunt, how they live, even if there was a super big one. And yet Jaws is, one, in my opinion, one of the best movies of all time. Uh, accuracy of Great White Sharks Be Damned. Uh, and I also say that knowing that mm. it led to a lot of misinformation about sharks and yeah. a lot of people hunting sharks unsustainably. And I have to figure out still how to balance that in my head, that this is one of the all time great works of seventies American cinema. And it has a lot of misinformation in it about sharks, but it's also so good but, but like, yeah that that movie i mean oh my gosh just the reverberations culturally that it caused about sharks is still felt today yes i, I, I mean not that it's not a good film it's just yeah. you know that definitely caused some problems and i feel it like such a high impact yeah because yeah. like even like me not even seeing I, 
I'm going to be honest, I've only seen parts of Jaws to my knowledge. I mean, I might have seen it full time when I was younger, but when I would go to like South Carolina on family vacations, that's all anybody talks about when there's sharks on the coast and they're, they're not going to harm anybody. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like being a kid and being scared of that because that's everybody's perception of what sharks mm-hmm. are. And I think like, mm-hmm. not, and again, that's not an attack necessarily on the movie. It's just looking at how me, how something can start with the intentions of being a cinematic work or a work of art. And then it can act accidentally or sometimes purposely fall into this position where it's caused such a great effect in either a positive or in many cases a negative way. And I think with the Jurassic Park movies, it's ending up in that camp because they're, there should be the potential for a dinosaur film to be good and to be interesting and to learn from it. You know, narrative, however you want to craft it, I don't know. And And I think with the way these have been progressing, it's it's good, like you were saying, Charles, hearing that your friends are looking these things up. I know for me, I was at least interested. And again, it was nice being able to be like, oh, that's Carnotaurus or oh, that's that. And not really having the background here to know everything going in. But it's some of it's also a little bit like non-inspiring where, again, I'm bombarded by these human plots that I really don't care for. And they're not even inspired by the dinosaurs or anything involved in that way. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like, I guess for me, having my background be more history, it's like watching a generic, like a Braveheart almost type film, or even uh-huh. that might be too better. Like something like those like, Sunday brunch type history movies yeah. versus something a lot more gritty and is a lot more real to what it's talking about and the differences in terms of accuracy. And when you're seeing something where people are going to Google the topic and look into it, and then there's something that's going to strike a bit more personal and wants you to really look into the specific, the specific topic of what was happening. And that could also be down to just the broad scope of things, kind of a callback to what Zam was mentioning earlier. But I guess that's my concern where, again, these, these movies have a position where they could leave a really positive impact going forward, even with the environmentalist take that they're trying to portray and they ultimately fail on mm-hmm. in my opinion just especially <laughs> with that ending being incredibly uninspiring and that oh okay well if this is again all dealing with climate change and that's what we're revolving around then we have to live with that that doesn't really leave me inspired or at least like i, I guess it leaves me frustrated which means i want to be more inspired but at the same time yeah, like yeah. i don't know i think i think that's the thing i'm scared of of how audiences will take it yeah well i feel like I think most audiences, at least like, you know, I watched it with my girlfriend, right? And she mm. thought it was awful. She thought the moral was absolutely like, <laughs> she was like, what was it trying to tell me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Emily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like the, the message is unclear. I don't quite know when I'm supposed to leave knowing you know i left the theater and i was like so what was the plot like what was Mm -hmm. what did they gain you know they're getting rescued on the in the dolomites and everybody has like a blanket and they're recounting things to reporters and it's like what are they even talking about like what happened i feel like all of this was so crazy that it ultimately is resolving nothing and then why mm. were there no italians mamma mia Oh, yeah. very good question (laughs) why were there why were there no italians you think like 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 all the, you think like the janitors there would all be Italian, yeah. Like because yeah, or the plumbers I, even. But I guess it, it's <laughs> oh, they were in so many tubes in this. I know movie. it was right there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they could have a janitor they, they named in, Mario. They were, in, they, they were in they were in northern Italy, and 
Not a nobody wearing a Gucci belt. No one. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> it's disappointing. Yeah. No, also, no. I just thought it was a weird location for that to all occur, but whatever. Maybe that's just me. Were they just? Did they just say we're somewhere where people mine amber? And I, who knows? Because there's man. nothing. Because everything is CG. It's not like they actually went to Italy. It's not like a Happy Madison film where they were like. We're just going to go to this place because Adam Sandler wants to take his family on vacation. There's absolutely no reason it needed to be in the Italian Alps. Trevor like, just Googled like Amber Mine and first search result like, oh, Italy. All right. That's yeah. cool. We could we, and then we could have him go to Malta right after. Wait, but right. why? Why? Why wasn't that chase scene? Why wasn't that? Why didn't they get it all to Italy? Why did? Why wasn't that car chase like going around like? you know, little coastal, uh, like, streets and stuff. There's absolutely nothing they did with setting it in Italy. They might as well have set it, you know, any anywhere else. They could have set it closer to Malta. They could have... I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that didn't get past the first draft. Because <laughs> this yeah. is the first draft. What you're yeah. seeing before you is draft one of one. Right. And it was done, finished. And let's Have you guys seen the it. concept art for this movie? I have no. not actually. It is cool. pretty much beat for beat, except for some really interesting things that they didn't do. It's pretty much oh. beat for beat what you <laughs> see <laughs> in this film. They they really? cut out the interesting parts, right? Mm, yeah, that is. Bizarre. There's a really fun like illustration of like a an apatosaurus getting like water from a uh, a fire truck. You know, like oh. I wanted to see more humans with dinosaurs. Like we set up, yeah. You know the problem. Well, the problem at the very start is yeah. dinosaurs are all over the world. And then it resolves that, oh, we figured it out. The central conflict is not dinosaurs all over the world. And I don't right. care about subversion of expectations. Have a logical flow through and it's not here. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, but what, what we're describing would be almost like a Dinotopia type of movie. Where like, Because like, one of my favorite illustrations James Gurney ever did was uh, the guy selling, um, I forget what they're called. They're not technically bagels, but they're like a Turkish version of exactly a bagel. I know what you're talking about. Oh, ah, yes, donuts. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> Krispy Kreme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Tur- Turkish delightful Krispy Kreme. Uh what so he's the the guy who's uh he's selling the the bagels off of the the kentrosaurus and he's got them stocked on its uh shoulder spikes mm-hmm. and like that is such a charming illustration that immediately wants you to just bury yourself in that world yeah um and and trying to see how how people would react and shape their cultures around uh there being dinosaurs among them but dinotopia ultimately is some is an entirely different thing from mm. jurassic park it's god forbid a different uh idea of what to do with dinosaurs interacting with humans yeah mm-hmm yeah. Well, yeah. So the thing about like, yeah, I was about to say like, I don't know. I don't think that would work for Jurassic World just because like, nah. you know, Dinotopia is almost like Pokemon, but with dinosaurs and the dinosaurs can yeah. like talk and they have their own language. Some can speak oh. English, but it's like, yeah, you can't do that with Jurassic mm. World. I mean, like, and I guess like that was maybe an issue. Trevorrow, maybe Trevorrow was like, damn, can't really resolve this. 
I'll just put in some locusts and then we'll just say, tell the audience to live with it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if I, if I traveled back in time, let's uh-huh. say just, uh, uh, six years, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Andy, I show up at your door and okay. I, I try to explain who I am to you. Uh, and before you say, get out of my house, <laughs> I say, the third Jurassic World movie is about global crops failing from giant grasshoppers. What do you think? I would have been like, get out of my house. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no way that is happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, have we have we like fully embraced that that the no, uh... the most pressing plot MacGuffin in a Jurassic Park movie was crop failure. Not like yeah. what was was slightly larger locusts, like not like a fifties horror movie. Uh, you know, giant bug, just you know, uh, a, a locust the size of a small lobster. The fact that this movie was telling us that the greatest threat was a locust and not dinosaurs, as it told us in the very beginning of the movie, the dinosaurs were the greatest threat to humankind. Presumably, yep. how, how are how are giant lo- are they? Would an arthropod be able to breathe if it was that large? That's my question. There are bugs yeah. that are kind of that big. There's also coconut crabs that get pretty big. My biggest gripe uh, with the locusts. So why didn't you choose a prehistoric bug? You know, why oh, not yeah. keep because with the prehistoric theme? bugs are the same size as bugs today, <laughs> like, unless you no, go no, way no, back, but like, like way back. Might, as, might as well do carbonifers. Why weren't bugs. they Meganura? Why, why, that's, why that's what I was thinking. Why, why not Meganura? Swarms of Meganura, you know, like giant yes. dragonflies, you know, dive bombing people, uh, you know, giant centipedes and stuff. Mm. Like and why, the money. Why? when the first trailer dropped, I thought the bugs were Meganura. I was like, oh, really? oh same. Yeah, a bunch of prehistoric things, and we didn't. <laughs> also, presumably, wouldn't it be easier to protect crops if bugs were larger? Because you could use the netting and stuff. Like, I, I, feel like, I feel like mm. I feel like the problem with locusts is that they are small, small and they get yeah. in between things, and they can get between chicken wire and stuff. But the problem with locusts is that there's often a lot of them, and they reproduce yeah. really fast. That's that's the yeah. biggest problem. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, hey, what a no, what a bizarre ashamed. twist, I guess, in a weird way, but also not <laughs> an uncanny request. Yeah, yeah. So taking <laughs> taking on dinosaur media and where we are with Jurassic World and all the things that we've said about it, that also doesn't mean that dinosaur media isn't in a bad direction because mm. we did just have. A very interesting documentary one month beforehand, which includes right. dinosaurs that were in this film, which I thought was mm, very interesting. Many of them, right? Yeah. 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 There was also in Velociraptor, Dreadnoughtus, yeah. T Rex, Triceratops. And, uh, you, what did you guys? What, what, yeah. What was? What were they modeling the the Dreadnoughtus on? Like it was like lounging oh in God. that lake. It was... it was like kind of a patasaurus, like classic apatosaurus. So let, let me rant about the Dreadnoughtus. Dreadnoughtus is my yeah. fav- second favorite dinosaur, mm. uh, second only to Brachiosaurus, which is you know whatever. Uh, they just botched <laughs> it. I don't know what on earth they did to this poor thing. Like it looked. Have you if you played the Jurassic World Evolution game, the model in that game sucks and then they made a slightly better one for the movie 
And it's just, I don't know, every retro sauropod trope you could have. It's in the water, has elephant feet, its face is all screwed up. They didn't even like, <sighs> so, it's like my boy was done super dirty. It's like the, the design, okay, so design wise, this is what I'm not sure, like if this is a Trevero thing or a um, studio executive thing. Um, because like, like the Dreadnoughtus just looks like just some Charles R. Knight like painting from like, you know, way back, right? Especially like when you see it in the water and stuff. And a part yeah. of me is like, is it just ex- the executives like mandating that the dinosaurs need to adhere to some kind of weird style Bible that's like modeled after 2005's uh, King Kong by Peter Jackson? Because if you know, like a lot of the design philosophy kind of like just looks mm. like, like, especially like the, why, the messed why? up teeth. But not with how corporate this movie feels, who, who in the pool of executives is a classical uh paleo art fan like i feel like if you had like a a charles r knight fan there would be like a con even if everything was hyper stylized and mm. th- they kept with the retro dinosaur look throughout that that's that's a different movie that's a more consistent movie because it's all over the place with yeah. these reconstructions there's there's none of the even the the stylistic consistency of of an of a Charles R Knight painting isn't even there. There's there's mm-hmm. no, it does not strike me that anyone working on this was particularly passionate about dinosaurs or the history of paleo art. So no, my hypothesis is that it's my kid or I had a dinosaur toy that looked like this. Make it look like that. Mm. Please. Yeah, that's I, that's continues. where the retrosaur thing I think comes yeah. from. That's why the Allosaurus yeah. looks like a Papo figure Allosaurus. It's a very famous Allosaurus toy that everyone recognizes as Allosaurus. Make it look like that. <sighs> yeah. What? Why did? Is it Owen that thinks the Giganotosaurus is an Allosaurus? Yeah. Yeah. I and honestly, I how would with how everything is reconstructed, how on earth would are would we know he's wrong? Exactly. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I was, question. I was, pre- I was prepared for him to be right because I was like, "All right, here's another lumpy dinosaur." Like, it, it might as well be. It, they could say anything except T. Rex because we've established what T. Rex looks like. That goes back to the monsterification aspect of what these movies do. Again, I, I like prehistoric planet. Like, it's a nature doc. It's a nature documentary that presents mm-hmm. dinosaurs in the light that me as an educator and person involved in paleontology would want to see on the big screen yeah. for audiences to see, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're not these dinosaurs and prehistoric planet aren't the Joker. They're not trying to see the world burn. They're not <laughs> killing for sport. They are animals. And when David Adbro explains that this is planet earth 66 million years ago, I think that was the greatest plan they could have made for that documentary. And Mm -hmm. although they're two different mediums, one's a movie with, you know, toys to sell and such. And another one's a documentary. They are certainly are some differences to keep in mind. They are still important and we should still look at both as different paths of media to take. Are we going to continue with the Jurassic world style, which, you know, corporate's going to say, yes, they are probably going to continue that style. Or can we push for better? Can we have mm. this more scientifically oriented dinosaur or groups of dinosaurs that the people can see and learn from and they don't act like 
out of malicious intent. They are amoral. They are just trying to live in a world and be um, appeasing their needs, such as food, water, and shelter. And it just feels so much better than what we're getting. And I think that's the direction that I would love to see. Unfortunately, I don't think we are going to see it, but it's just, I just think that's just the better route. Totally. No, I I 100% agree. And I do hope we get that at some point, if not soon. And I think, I think prehistoric planet will help to be honest, yeah. given that it's been so successful and that it's it feels definitely... like a litmus test almost right towards audience. Yeah. It feels like a whole, yeah. it feels like an experiment. Yeah, it kind of does in that way. Cause they are drastically different. And I think it's, <laughs> I mean, an drastically on... different. Jurassic. Oh. oh, title potential, but well, um... take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope, I hope so at least in staying on a positive note, I hope so. But I guess mm-hmm. time will tell in terms of which way, it will go because it's crazy how much I, I mean the reviews for Jurassic World Dominion are pretty rough, but somehow seats are still full. So I guess there is still the well, it's a big monster movie and I want to go see it because there is that vein of this feeling like a, you know, Kong versus Godzilla, right? Where these yeah. and in that case it's fictional creatures. In this case they're real ones that existed and are now monsterfied. And that's yeah, it's just mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the way to go at all. And it's and again, definitely having, you know, seeing it in that perspective, only now knowing, you know, what I have learned with paleontology things and, and the science behind it all. If I it, when I didn't know that, it's a completely different read. And it really is the oh, well, the good guys are the, the herbivores and the bad guys are the carnivores. And that's how it works. It always has to. And it, it just I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe that's the land of before time coming into play there because I yeah, was even obsessed with that, but that still. plot point that they release deer into the, the, into the great Valley. Yeah. So that, <laughs> so that the, the great, dinosaurs the don't eat grounds. each other. Wait, I have a, I have a question about that actually, before we start like sort of <laughs> wrapping up, um, there's the scene, which I forget the dinosaur's name, but the one that has like the really long claws, forgive me for this. There is but, okay. Yes. It just slashes that deer and then goes to eat like whatever it is on the bush. What is up with that? Why? What was the reasoning? Did it's an blind. asshole. It's blind. It's blind. If you look at when really? it passes by, its its eyes are glossed over white. It's it, at least oh. it's, it's supposed to be blind. That's why I can't see Claire. How uh, many blind people mess with you, Christian? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many kill deer? Or <laughs> Wait, so it strikes because it hears something. It's, it's like a hyper aggressive like herbivore, kind of like oh, like okay. African I buffalo. Saw, I, I, I saw the glossy, the, sorry, the glossy eye, and I I did it did not connect with me that it was blind. I, I did not realize that. I really just thought it was killing it for sport and then just eating something else. Like, I, honest <laughs> to God, but did that's not the think thing about too. It. Is that you just brought up? You brought up an excellent point, Joe. It is that we're being we're not being told or shown in this it's just there and Mm. this herbivore dinosaur which herbivores can be defensive and territorial yet it's still just acting in the scene out of just malicious intent like you think that there isn't a source as a jerk when it's an animal in an ecosystem and that's why you know even though we're getting towards the end that's why i like prehistoric plants so much is because it's complex creatures mm-hmm. in a complex environment. You see behaviors yeah. like Carnotaurus doing its mating <laughs> dance and um, the 
pterosaurs acting in different ways. The pterosaurs having sneaky males, which is not something you're going to see in Jurassic World. Right. Chris Pratt will not Chris, allow Yeah, I was well, like, Chris no, Pratt no, is no, a sneaky man. Chris Pratt well, will maybe, never maybe allow the, it. The, the, the church that Chris Pratt goes to will not allow it. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh god um what did you what did you like about this movie ah uh, hmm, you could dig, like dig deep into you know the fossil movie. mine the the amber mine dig as deep as you can <laughs> into the hollow earth oh god what, yes. what was i mean i'm okay a, about this movie for you i'm a sucker for puppets so I just like mm. seeing, even if some of the puppets are kind of hokey, I, I like that. I like seeing, I like knowing that something's physically there, it's moving, that there was an artist mm. who worked to sculpt this thing and just bring it to life. And there's like a puppeteer like shaking it or whatever. Like, especially the, the you know, as ugly as the design is, like the Giganosaurus uh, animatronic puppet was, it's fun. It's fun stuff to see. And I'm just like, wow, mm. look at that. Oh, look at the ugly ass teeth, you know, but... <laughs> It's just fun. I, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that stuff. And of course, like with, the, with a puppet like that, you like, God, imagine if they, you know, they went like alien with it, like close up, like right up close to someone like it. It can't quite reach them or something. Uh huh. Like, I'm surprised know, they it, didn't it, use the puppet more like they yeah. it, it had a whole scene to itself. But I'm surprised. Yeah, no close ups. They, they spent all there was there was no puppet. like. Uh, I believe in walking with dinosaurs, like they were using, uh, you know, they just got tons of KY jelly for like dinosaur drool for like some of the close up shots hmm. uh-huh. of, of the of when, you know, when a dinosaur's jaw would like have like phlegm and stuff, you know, and there, hmm. there's never that moment. There's nothing there's, you know, even with the puppets, nothing's gooey. Nothing's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm going to come in with. uh also being a puppet fan and maybe there were a couple of moments where Goldblum won me over uh and I could I could genuinely enjoy seeing him but that I almost don't want to give the movie credit for that that's just mm. him you know he's he might be the only actor who looks like they're maybe having fun. Everyone else looks miserable. I, I think Laura Dern was was happy to be was like having fun. Yeah. She and you know, she was like, I'm getting paid. I get to hang out with all these cool people, you know? Yeah, you know what? It's like it's like SNL. Like <laughs> The, the sketch, <laughs> we've the come, sketch might not. we're now we've come comparing <laughs> Jurassic World to SNL. <laughs> we've compared us to everything. But no, no, no. Like, SNL, like, love it or hate it, you have a feeling that those, they're like after parties or like just hanging out with that cast would be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, like what, it, what would it be like, you know, sitting. It, like, where would you rather, like, could you imagine, like, a, a a more fun place to be, like, 15 years ago if you were, like, sitting around in a room and there's just b- between shows with John Mulaney, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig, and um, uh, Bill Hader, like, mm. and, and, like, what, like, you, you want to be in that room, like, with those what people. What hijinks can you? Yeah. Pull off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are what are some other positives? What did did uh, did other people like? 
I think something that I find positive is it's funny and ironic because at the very beginning I said I was going to come with an optimistic attitude and <laughs> I, I've been a little contrarian about that. <laughs> However, it, it turned, oh God, it turned even Christian into a cynic. Um, I do like that there is that sense of dinosaur diversity and that people are able to see new creatures hit the spotlight. I'm optimistic with, I like the Malta scene in terms of the action um, mm-hmm. I I have to say it, I'm more I'm optimistic about other dinosaur media, admittedly, um, mm. in terms of again prehistoric planet and everything that I've said. To me, why it hits so hard in my heart about prehistoric planet is that it it show. I think a lot of corporate directors and such are afraid to show scientifically oriented dinosaurs because they fear that people aren't going to care, fear them, or or just understand them but i think what it shows is that they can succeed they can do well it has a rotten tomato score of like 90 or above while jurassic world isn't there and i think that's telling i think that shows something and i hope that future directors or writers can see that and maybe find that direction Again, that's where my optimism lies is that we can, again, not look at these creatures as monsters, but complex creatures in complex environments. One might say, look at them as actual animals. Mm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Can I talk as a geneticist? Sure. sure. <laughs> I am, you know, for all its faults for the cloning and all the other weird genetic nonsense that went to this movie. This is the only Jurassic movie, the only Jurassic media that portrays genetic geneticists or genetic technology and power as even remotely positive. And let me tell you, as a geneticist, I was like, oh, thank God. I am so tired of watching my profession getting like ragged on like, we have no idea what we're doing with any of this. It's like, no, 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 we we, we have... A pretty good idea of how to control ourselves, and there's some outliers <laughs> who do weird things, like make dinosaurs, I guess. But like, <laughs> I don't know, like having your field of work be portrayed badly, you know, as yeah. a as a negative net negative for the world for like 20 years, and now we're finally at a place where it's like, oh, you know, it's not all bad. Yeah, that, hmm. that was that was a nice breath of fresh air for for mm-hmm. me at least. Totally. Nice. Yeah, I guess for me, like, you know, again, coming at this as I did, I think some of the positives for me were just in the cinematography, just in things I thought were interesting. Like the scene again in the where Bryce Dallas Howard is in the water and that reflection is quite interesting. And also the where she's moving through the water and the dinosaurs behind her, the way it's framed, but also like. Just I don't know. That felt like it was out of an A twenty four film, and I thought that was very interesting. I, it held my gaze for a while, but I guess also really the the positives just lie in the future. Like I'm just curious because of how poorly this movie did, what happens next and where that can go. I guess um, because otherwise it's just minor things that were like interesting um, mm-hmm. to me. But I guess ultimately. If I had to look at one, and I also like the puppets. I want to say that too; they were very cute. I was, I was, I was actually very excited about that. But I think if 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 anything positive comes out of it is that there are you know younger kids or adults who watch this and get inspired in that positive light to learn more. 
and I don't know how much that's going to happen, but I really hope it does. And it seems like it is that regardless of the crazy subplots and this just like, you know, just bizarre story in general, it still will draw attention to dinosaurs in that way yeah. and learning about, you know, prehistory in that sense. And I think that could be a very good thing going forward and also to want to learn more about animals in our world today as we should, and even focusing on the environment today, which mm -hmm. is important, rather than, you know, necessarily being caught up in these, like, crazy plot lines that ultimately go nowhere and then result in nothing happening. So I hope that positively moves us in that direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I do think I do think the people who will get the most out of this film are, are, ki are children. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. going to inspire them. They're going to be, you know, buying their dinosaur toys, playing with them, right. making up, like, you know, scenarios and stuff. Then, you know, with the internet, you know, they'll be able to look up stuff, watch documentaries. They'll probably watch Prehistoric Planet or Pirate It. I don't know. And find a, and find Dinosaur Comics comics with a paint paddock yeah. reconstruction. Yeah, yeah exactly. Christian posts or episodes <laughs> from Uncanny County Museum, you mm. know? Yeah, there, there's, there's, exactly. there's any number of things, you know? And presumably... <laughs> uh, Maybe even someone out there listening to this uh, is doing so, looking for looking for responses after having seen the movie. And uh, yeah, we we can't entirely discount, you know, what leads you to better things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's there's no hate to anyone that got enjoyment out of this for sure it's really just another in my opinion dumb movie uh and in in spite of what a shitty day it was that i saw it uh <laughs> i i genuinely had fun talking about it yeah. uh today with you all so and and there's it, uh, i mean what a magnificent panel to mm. uh to talk about it with thanks for uh having us on at the, yeah. At the museum yeah, yeah. thanks for uh, yeah. coming this has been your so chairs are comfy and your coffee is warm i, I, ah. I admire this i love it thank you oh, we try <laughs> our you. best here yeah it, thank you for answering the call to uh mm -hmm. to come and help the us beacon today. signal yeah thank yes. you for thank you for listening to the beacon they're very expensive to light so we can only do mm -hmm. it every sure. now and then are, but, are we yeah. doing shawarma after this by any chance uh yeah sure <laughs> I, 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 I would i would kill for some shawarma yeah um, sounds good that's good but yes, uh, let's see who has things to plug uh, before we get going. Christian, uh, what, where can the people find you? What are you up to? So I am Craig Gates Christian on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. Again, I'm a wildlife educator, which discusses ecology, animal behavior, and just learning about a new species you may never, never have heard of before. Um, I'm mm -hmm. also a writer for a certain someone in this panel. Uh, I've helped out to Ooh. write some Did You Know comics for Mr. Dinosaur Comics. Um, so if you'd like to see some dino media from us or just general stuff about animals today, um, again, you can follow me at Craig Gates Christian on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Nice, nice. Uh, Charles, where can people find you? What are you up to? Sure, yeah. People can find me on most major social media as at the paint paddock. I do paleo art, so I draw a whole bunch of dinosaur species that I like, including some from this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently in the midst of writing a book that's kind of like this movie, uh, but hopefully a little better. 
And also we are doing another project that's kind of like this movie, but a little bit better. And we will talk about more in the future. So keep your eyes peeled for that. The plug for the future. I see what you're doing here. Uh Uh I see you. I see you. Get in the advertisement now. Yes. Uh, And last but not least, uh, Andy, Mr. Comics, uh, where uh, uh, any, anything uh, to tag on to Christian stuff and talk about your stuff. What's going on? Oh yeah, so um, was the me and Christian do our webcomic. Did you know slash Did you know Dino? Every other week or so, um, you could find me on my socials at Dinosaur Comics on Instagram and at Skink Punch on Twitter. Um, I have a mm-hmm. book coming out very very soon. It has gone into print. Um, it is called Did You Know Dino Hell Creek. It is a eighty page graphic novel about the Whoa. Hell Creek formation in Montana. And uh, features everyone's favorite dinosaur T-Rex, so stay tuned for that. Um, That's and, not my yeah. favorite. Do, do not tell Hillary. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's overrated. I won't tell Hillary but, that. Yeah, I won't tell her. But her her other fa- overrated dinosaur Triceratops is in it too, so maybe, <laughs> maybe she'll appreciate oh, that one. Well, I well, I'm I'm sure uh, as long as you get um, Nano Tyrannus in there. Uh, Pete Larson will be happy to carry it at the Black Hills Institute. <laughs> he'll shed a he'll shed a single tear and like like you know. Don't, don't forget about Dakota Raptor. I'll give him a signed copy with like my my kiss mark on like the corner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Red God. lipstick, but yeah, yeah. that's what well, I got going. Forty two. Yep. <laughs> uh, great, uh, Joe. Uh, what have you got going on? You are also busy. M, yes. So currently I have an exhibit, a solo exhibition of my artwork up at the uh, St. Kate Arts Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the airspace. So if you're in that area, you can check that out. And also we'll be in another Ooh. exhibition in September at a uh, real tinsel gallery in Milwaukee, which is a group show with um, teleportal. So f- also check that out if you're in the area. Super excited about both of those and hopefully we'll be releasing some music in the near future and hopefully july at the latest so just be aware of that that should be coming up hopefully soon um Mm -hmm. which i'll probably be posting news about it on my instagram which is at josemino art um and how about you zan what do you have going on well i am uh getting settled into my uh, new job, but I will be back in Boston uh, as a professor at Tufts next semester, Ooh. which is pretty Ooh, cool. Nice. In the meantime, I'm just, you know, working away doing ceramics uh, here in Hudson Valley. Uh, don't have any shows lined up yet as far as visual arts go. Um, hopefully that will be coming soon uh, once I get oriented. Uh, however, on July 10th, I will be doing a uh, solo musical performance at 82 Barbecue uh, in Hudson Valley. So if nice. you are around there and you want to uh, hear me uh, try to get back into the swing of performing, uh, you can go there. And at the very least, their barbecue is very good. So nice. you don't, you know, even if you don't want to listen to me for three hours, you can go somewhere else and, uh, you know, eat your, uh, ribs. Well, you performed for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my I, uh, word. Legend. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, you know, I, 
it, it's going to be uh, pulling from my my reservoir of Bruce Springsteen songs <laughs> that I just have memorized. Sure. The whole album. <laughs> just play the whole the album. Whole, the whole greatest it. hits. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Mixed> <laughs> I will be pre- yes, I will be performing a uh, <laughs> a full yeah. acoustic set of uh, Bruce's first four albums, uh, <laughs> and one Panic at the Disco song, <laughs> <laughs> and one and followed by uh, the Vampire Weekend uh, mm-hmm. cover of what did they mm-hmm. cover? They they covered I'm on Fire, I think. Uh, and uh, Phoebe Bridgers also, you know what? I'm going to yeah. do every different cover of I'm on Fire by Bruce Springsteen. Phoebe Bridgers, Vampire Weekend. That's I'm great... sure someone else yeah. has done it. Uh, yes, um, actually. I've been really digging Phoebe Bridgers lately. But oh, yeah. Been... I same. Good. I like her too. Same here. Yeah, same do, here. Do you guys, big, big Thief? Any Big Thief? I like fans? Big Thief. Oh, yeah. Big Thief's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, in that in sort of that same uh, realm, been really yeah. into Big Thief too. I also found out the person whose job I took over is uh dating someone in the band florist which uh is pretty cool that's Uh, wild yeah um but you know they they left so now i don't have any connection to a a band that i have loved for years you can just say it in that way (laughs) Oh. oh well um Hopefully I'll run into them. Uh, but yes, uh, this has been a wonderful discussion. Uh, mm. Thank you to everyone for sticking with us for these conversations. Uh, we'll be back to uh, some more regular uh, exhibitions in the coming weeks. We've got a lot of neat stuff planned, but these conversations about uh, dinosaurs and paleontology have been wonderful and we're mm. so glad over the last couple of weeks we've been able to have such wonderful uh guests that are so generous with their their time and expertise uh so i i want to extend a huge thank you to you guys again uh and of course uh hillary uh, who was with us last time yes yes if you want to find me after hours, I am at Xanosaurus on Instagram. If you want to follow the museum, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. I'm at Josemino Art on Instagram. From the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I've been Josemino. I'm Craig Gates Christian. I'm Mr. Comics. I am Charles Knight, the Science Guy. And oh, there's the best. Bye.